Are we live? Shit, we are motherfucking live. This was a journey. Was it? Oh it my was god. A serious fucking journey. Hello, everybody. We Hello, everybody listening from their bunkers. Uh, from Australia. Voices. From India. From Germany. From Italy. Um, we're coming at you live from our bedrooms. Yeah. No, we do not share a bedroom. We're coming I mean, at you live from different bedrooms. Okay. I'm mean, yeah. <clears throat> Okay. All right. Jennifer, you know it's not true. We don't share bedrooms. Well, I mean, I feel you next to me, but okay. All right. We're next to each other right now, <laughs> mentally. Because this is mental what? This is mental marathon. Yes, yo. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Like, um, it's been a fucking journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. Um, for those of you who don't know um, and are living in a log cabin somewhere, um, we are now living in the times of coronavirus, and um, we've been dealing with it. I think you saw a little bit of us, our paranoia on our last episode, which is dated for the 13th of March, but it is now May 14th, which has been, you know, two months since then, and, and a lot has changed. Yes, a lot has fucking changed. <clears throat> Not just for Alaska, but for the whole country. Like, that was, well, March 13 was when we were able to come out the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I shortly. was able to wake up every day and go to work. <laughs> True. Now uh, we are in the times of uh, work from home. And um, if you are not working from home, uh, you are going to work, but you ain't seeing nobody. You can't can't see nobody, can't touch nobody. It's it, crazy times. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely crazy times. And I think... Like, looking back, and I think, like, remembering from what we were talking about, we were kind of spot on of everything that happened. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> because when, okay. we, when we recorded well. it, when, when we recorded it, we were just finding out that the first case became public in Alaska. And our suspicion was right that, you know, that person did probably come into contact with other people. And obviously, from there, it grew. Um mm-hmm. From one person, yeah, from one person, or maybe more. You never know. Shit. Yeah. True. Yeah, you never know. But I mean, you know, we're thank goodness we're all doing we're doing good. We're healthy. We're hoping that our listeners are healthy as well. Wishing everybody the best and sending everybody good good thoughts. Um, because I think it's it's been a very emotional time for a lot of people and I mean it still continues to be I think this is like this is going to bring a lot out of people and it's going to bring a lot into the world that's currently that we're currently living in right it most definitely changes us changes us forever uh, I was just talking to a friend the other day um, and I was telling her I was like you know when we start doing when things open back up and, you know, we're, we're, the, the cases start to go down, you know, when you start applying for jobs and all that other stuff like that, like one of those questions that an applicant is going to ask is, um, how does it look or um, what are the expectations or what are some of the 
the amenities that were able to to continue to work during a pandemic, you know. So that's going to be worked into a lot of job descriptions or a lot of, you know, um, positions. And a lot of people are going to be asking those questions, like I said, when they go when they go to interviews on, you know. And I think that um, that's a very good point to bring up and just to have in the back of your mind because you never know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I feel like this time that we're currently living in, nobody was ready for like a lot of businesses didn't know how they were going to continue a lot of you know healthcare providers they didn't know what it was going to look like from one week to another let a, let alone from like one day to another you know it was you know i i work in a i work in the medical field and i see that and i saw that and i'm still seeing that you know right so right. so it 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 was a big i was about to put myself on blast right there <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're completely right, man. You're completely like I work in a similar field. Like I, 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 I work, you know, with healthcare professionals and um, yeah. those who are, you know, uh, pursuing um, careers on to be healthcare professionals. And a lot of people are, you know, changing their mind as to what course that they want to go through uh, with life um, because of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It- yeah. I think I think above all it's taught me a lot of patience. Because oh, yeah. you know, giving myself a break, not only I mean, I can talk about work every day for my the rest of my life, but um not only in my work life but also in my personal life. Like I know that I'm not going through this by myself. I know that whatever I'm going through, people are going through, people are experiencing and and maybe even worse, you know? Like there these are the kind of things that I've probably been seeing and being patient in knowing that, you know, things are slowly going to come back to quote unquote normal. Um, but just giving myself the time to just be like, okay, like this is, this is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming to terms with how to even function while it's happening. Yeah. yeah. Mental health and making sure that, you know, you don't stay bunked up in the house all day and um, that you're doing things and, you know, at least going for walks and different things like that, making sure that you're not removing the the humanity part of yourself right. from this whole because of this whole situation. Like, like you know, you still have to be able to be kind to people and to be able to, um, you know, still want to be around people. Mm-hmm. So many things I know after this is over is going to change. Like, I don't know if concert's going to look the way it does. Like, I don't know. I don't like you just don't know because you don't it, it. It's like it's here and it's like th- there's no signs of it going anywhere. You know, yeah. <laughs> the chicken pops like, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's eventually going to get it. You know, it never goes away. So, you know, yeah. as of right now, that's what it's looking like, you know, but we can just hope for the best and yeah that's all we can do um I know I myself am maybe like and I think also like coming back to what I was saying it kind of makes you think of like um what like your response is like what your style of response is like it's either fight flight or freeze and I feel like mine I'm realizing this today but I feel like mine is just freezing 
yeah and that's why i'm saying like i'm being patient with everything i'm not fighting it i mean obviously i'm fighting it oh god i'm washing my hands everyone but like what i'm saying is like i'm not fighting the reaction that i should be getting i'm i'm fine with it i'm very neutral about it right. and if anything i do show a lot of um positive like thoughts like i have a very positive mind frame um compared to a lot of people um and so i think that has brought out a lot in me today this current time right i i completely i feel the same way i feel the same same way it's so hard when you're an extrovert and yeah. like i enjoy being around people i enjoy talking to people i enjoy having conversations with people i don't know but mm-hmm. i'm also um a hypochondriac like i think i get everything i think i have everything so it's a little difficult to um i don't know to to continue like i feel like my extrovertism whatever you call it is slowly going away with this whole process yeah because it's like every and i watch the news often like I, I probably shouldn't do that to myself i watch the news often and i know they just found like two cats in new york who ha- who has um who have the coronavirus i think they tested a uh tiger in the bronx zoo who has the coronavirus so now it's going to animals so yeah yeah uh, yeah it's just like you can't even be oh mister can i pet your dog can i oh it's a cat like you can't even <laughs> You can't even say things are cute anymore because you don't know what has it, where it's at, how far it travels. Um, it's just like all this unknown. And it yeah. just makes you want to just curl up into a ball and stay to yourself and then touch everybody with a 13-foot pole. Yeah, like, that's true. I, you know who I feel really bad for yeah. during this time? Not even just, uh, like, not just feeling bad for um, those groups of people, but uh, my heart goes out to them. Um, individuals who are suffering with homelessness and pregnant mothers who are due Definitely. to give birth. Definitely. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how scary it must be to be in either situation. Um, yeah. But to bring a child into the world where you have no idea what it's going to look like a month from now. Is, yeah. Or even like going to a freaking hospital, you know, like how dirty that must feel. Like, cause that's like, that's like a Petri dish of just, bacteria Mm -hmm. so I I can't imagine I can't imagine just the stress and um as you know for someone dealing with homelessness you rely a lot of contact with other people just Mm -hmm. to get you know get your needs met or whatever it may be so I I can't I can't imagine I can't yeah like and it's always the the few who ruin it for the many so I, I believe there was like a father and one of the, the, the states um, who his wife or his spouse went into labor and he decided not to tell the hospital that he was infected with coronavirus. Oh no. He wanted to see, you know, his child be brought into the world. You know, I would say understandable. Like after thinking about it, I was like, oh, that's, I guess. But then I was like, no, never mind, because you literally killed everybody in that, that room. So. Did he really? Uh, well, no, oh. but I'm I'm talking about like the coronavirus. Like a lot of people are looking at it as a death sentence, right? So um, that's just how I was, you know. But um, 
Yeah, so like now, some states or some hospitals are not allowing the father or yeah. a spouse to be or, or parents to be in the room with the pregnant woman. Yeah. I mean, facts shows that if a woman has support in the room with her while she's giving birth, her labor or her, um, yeah, her, um, her delivery isn't as stressful. Mm-hmm. So like it's just so sad for those people and I think Wendy Williams brought up a good topic she was talking about how she feels so bad for the individuals who are suffering with the coronavirus who are in the hospital rooms by themselves and dying alone yeah like I can't I I can't can't even begin thinking of that without like getting very emotional because um, when Italy was really bad I remember hearing a lot of things of like um, they would share like tablets uh, to the mm-hmm. patients that were dying, so they can like have their last word to the f- with the family, like mm. through like a web chatting thing or video call, yeah. whatever. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's. I can't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a nurse shared that one of the most heartbreaking things that she had to do was. Um, call a family member and be there with the patient while she said her last words because, you know, she was dying. So, you know, she talked about how difficult that could be that, how difficult that was on her. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, and then you, you have cases of people who are passing away, like with Italy. I know that they had quite a few videos that went up that were like, you know, I have a family member who died in the house with coronavirus and no one's coming to get my dead family member mm-hmm. in the house with me. Um, and then people who like in New York with the amount of cases that they had and people dying, you know, I can't even imagine how they're keeping up with ensuring that those bodies or those those individuals who passed away are going to the right family members. You know what I mean? Like you can't even. Assure I'm like that. this whole thing. There's so many rabbit holes. So many. With, it makes me angry thinking of it. Yeah, it makes you angry. It makes you sad. It's like it's so many rabbit holes that you're like, how would we ever recover from this? Because mentally, if I was a nurse and I was there making that phone call with that individual, like that would just. I would have to quit that day. Yeah. So kudos to all of our professional, our um, sorry, our essential workers out there. Yeah. Or just yeah. have had their lives on the line. Like, mm-hmm. thank, thank you so to, much to all of them. And you know, um, of course, the doctors, the nurses, all the staff that's doing that, but also, um, you know, people who are in charge of janitorial duties or cleaning hallways yeah. and. You know, making sure that each bed is clean. Um, yeah. You know, that that's that's so much. Yeah. This shit is so real that in the history of New York's subway station, it has never closed down for a deep cleaning. And it's 115 years. You have to think about that. Like, 115 yeah. years of not being cleaned. They have never shut it down to do a deep cleaning. Wow. Last week, I think. I think it was last week or the week before last week. Yeah. They finally shut it down. 
and did a full deep cleaning. Wow. My goodness. Wow. Like, <laughs> like, like, and you know what? These were things that I used to think about when I was sitting on the bus. Like, I'm like, man, I wonder if they shampoo their seats. Like, you know, you have individuals who may come in who have, you know, soiled themselves sitting down on these seats. Yeah. I'm like, do they shampoo these seats? Yeah. And it's like, it takes this for you. But you know what? It's okay. Because, you know, situations like this, like now that that has created a job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now hopefully transit and municipality people see that this is a job that needs to be done. And, you know. Hire people too. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. Did you want to keep going on coronavirus? I do, but at the same time, I don't. You know? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's like this is our life now. And yeah. at the same time, I think it's okay to move on figuratively. Yeah. Another virus called Takashi69. Let's talk about Takashi Six Nine. I know your feelings for him. Oh, first let's explain our let's explain our um, communication situation. Oh, our communication situation. So, for all of those of you loyal listeners whom we love and enjoy, um, we are currently this is our setup right now because obviously we're not together. I'm right next to her. Um, she's not right next to me. <laughs> Um, so this is what we did so we're actually using our anchor app this is not sponsored but anchor is our main squeeze Um, and the reason why you see runner number two is because this is a mental marathon and the second person who gets on that profile will be runner number two and mental marathon will be um, the main account and so um, that's the reason for that. I'm currently runner number two. Jennifer is um, on our main page. And um, we are trying Zoom at the same time, just so we feel like we're close to each other. But um, There used to be a TV show called Zoom. I remember that. Yeah, I need to- you love it? Come on in Zoom. Come on in Zoom. Come on yes. in Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> yes. And then, um, so yeah, that's probably why, um, I don't know if audio is going to be affected at all, but um, just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm still looking at her over there looking light skin. Yeah, we're, you know we're still looking at each other. Go ahead. Go ahead, Barty. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> is it because of my bun? Yep. Oh, my God. And you got a accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, but anyway, back to this trash ass person. Go ahead, Jennifer. I know you love him. So, uh, what? Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, because I don't love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so a little backstory. So, I was the first person to introduce Maria to Takashi69. And uh, we were in uh, a classroom studying, and I go, uh, Maria, you ever heard about Takashi Six Nine? And she goes, "No, but I love your music." Wait, go. So, uh, hold on, hold on. Go like this to the mic because I can't hear you. Hello. How much did you miss? 
I heard everything. It just sounded a little muffled. Oh God, I probably sound muffled during this whole entire thing. No, no, no. But uh, just as of recently. But go ahead. Now it sounds much better. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, she's like, I love new music. So go ahead, turn it on. So I turn it on, and it's Takashi Six Nines first single which is like get the bricky uh, and then make sticky uh, right <laughs> and we sit there and we watch this whole mu- music video and I'm like okay so for me the first music video was Wait, go like this Jennifer not so close to the mouth but like this like this right there like this. right there like this so to me the first music video was a bit of a vibe because it was really New York. I was really feeling it. Okay. Um, not really affiliated with the gang. But I was like, oh, shit, this is kind of nice. <laughs> um, so I look at Maria. And Maria has the most disgusted look at her face. <laughs> on her face. Her face, I was just like, I don't know if that's like, oh, like I'm feeling it. Or that's Ugh, like, I never want to hear that again. I remember that. I remember that. So I look at her, and she still has this ill look on her face, and I'm just like, what is, like, what is that ill look? Tell me what that ill look is. And she's like, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever I can smell him. He smells like must through the music video. That was my exact same voice. <laughs> he smells and looks disgusting 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 so from there from that day on maria her stand has always been lock him up throw away the key of course not only that but i kind of i feel like you introduced me to the music yes but i had already heard about the rape charge and all this allegations yeah yeah so we were like kind of you know we were um on opposite ends, right? Um, yeah. And so that's when I told you about um, his allegations and everything. Will we get sued if we talk about this? Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, alleged, alleged case. Alleged case. High five through Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah, so his alleged case um, and how he had just some history with minor, a minor or minors, I don't know. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. And so I told Jennifer about it because I, I, I'm not with that. I don't like that. Obviously, that's disgusting. Who would um, fuck with someone like that? But I mean, I mean, I'm judging you if you like him and if you listen to him. But anyway, Jennifer. But anyway. Um, um, yeah, so I, I knew about his case. And then when I listened to his music, I'm like, why would anybody fuck with him? Like, his music sucks and he does alleged things, right? So, like, it didn't make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, that was the that was the beginning of us knowing about Tekashi 6 9 together. Um, and then that's when the whole thing started about him going to jail or going to trial, right? Yeah. 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 So... You know, I think everybody's pretty much privy to, like, his case and kind of who he is and kind of what happens. You know, he's considered the biggest snitch in music history. Yeah. So, you know, 
Uh, and if you don't know anything about him, you can most definitely just Google 6ix9ine and then his whole life pops up. Or you can do yourself a favor and Google um, rat and then he'll come up. He'll come up. Mm -hmm. Even I heard that Webster, the 2021 edition mm -hmm. for um, their dictionary, mm -hmm. his picture is going to be right next to rat and snitch ass nigga. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't even know that. But now I guess we know that. Now we're going to have to buy the Webster's dictionary for the new year. I am. I already ordered mine. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he came out with a new song. So, okay, so fast forward to present day. Wait, because we know? didn't even say he got locked up. He got locked up. Yeah, yeah, yes, he got locked up. Um, he's been gone for a year fighting this case. Um, mm -hmm. He snitched on buku people, like a whole bunch of people, right? Um to my understanding, and a few people got some serious time because of what he told the feds. Yeah. So recently he came back. Last week he came out with a song. It did, I want to say, 52 million within 24 hours. Um, and he and he broke the record for having two million on his live on Insta his Instagram live. Oh yeah, I remember that. So, the conversation. Sure. I I watched the music video. Okay. Four times. Four times. Oh, my God. Four times I put myself through that. And what, what do you have to say for yourself if you did it more than once? The first time, I stopped it midway. Okay. Didn't go back to it. Okay. The second time, I stopped at Midway. <laughs> Didn't go back to it. <laughs> so this, these are four separate times um, within one day. Oh. <laughs> uh, I know, within one day. Within one day. Wait, did I? It's four separate times. But anyway, um, the third time, I watched it all the way through. Had no clue what I just watched. No clue. You can't no, even. No clue what I watched. No. I went back just to slow it down or like to slow it down while I was watching it, like in my mind, to see if I could pick up on words. I picked up on catch him at the chicken spot. God. And that's it. Nothing else. I don't even know if that's what he said. Yeah. But nothing else I understood. I just hate feeling like I'm getting yelled at. He's literally yelling at me. Yeah. I don't yeah, like he's disciplining I don't like I feel that. like he's like a colorful principal. He's probably recorded that. He probably recorded that in a storage unit, you know? Probably. All of that shit is like gift wrap or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just a bunch of girls who really need to pay rent during Corona. They probably live with him. They're in quarantine, obviously. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Oh my god. It was like I don't understand how he comes back playing because he in the video in the music video I saw that he put an emoji um of a rat. Oh wow. I don't even understand how he comes back and he plays like this. Yeah, you like he's proud of it, yeah. Like Real people, real ass street dudes want to murder you. 
Allegedly. And you're allegedly. And you're here playing with people's lives. Yeah. The joke of this. While people are sitting down doing 15 to 20 plus years. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. So I don't even I don't even understand. But I'll let you uh tell me what you thought about the music video and then we can get into all the his live and all this other stuff. So um my experience with the with the video, honestly, it was longer than I wanted it to be. It was um the thirty second clip you sent me on IG. That was it. <laughs> and I feel like I knew enough at that point. I knew that mm-hmm. he had some um girls dancing in the video. They all were in different colors, which uh, honestly is still played out at this point. Last thing I saw from him, though, he dyed half of his hair white and the other one is rainbow. Um, um, yeah, so maybe he's going to start using white girls in the in his videos. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, but anyway... Um, I don't know. He's just so problematic to me. I did listen to the clip, though. I did listen to it. I tried to give it a shot. I was like, okay, maybe he's changed since he's been to prison. Obviously not. Um, Nope. Yeah, obviously not. But, I mean, like, it's so, like, predictable, you know? Like, there's going to be girls dancing. There's going to be, like, a bunch of colors and shit. It's like, uh, nothing new, really. All his music sounds the same, too. Come on. The same. Yeah. Yeah. Just yelling. Just yelling. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was that was what I saw. And and I'm glad that we're talking about it now. I honestly thought you like you were like a hard stand from him. Oh no, I was never a Takashi Six Nine stand. Oh. I like uh I like the mockery he made of himself, like just you know, all that because it was like real street shit, like from real street artists who really wanted to fuck him up and just hearing his comebacks, and I'm just like, he hasn't been fucked. So it was just he was really entertaining, um, but I understand that I was one of those people who may have put a battery in his back to continue acting the way he was acting because I was also viewing all of his bullshit. Yeah. So yeah, and you know, and I feel like um, sorry that I was a part of that. I mean, it's okay, Jennifer. There's other people that probably stand him, and you know, but whatever. Oh, got all his tattoos on his face. That's true. Um. Oh my god, what was I gonna go with that? Oh my bad, I'm sorry. Um I feel like um he's the type of per like not so much the type of person because I don't know him, but I mean like the type of artist is like they'll they don't give a fuck, they'll do whatever they want. And they have people <laughs> who um maybe like you, like you just said, like um they view his stuff or they do xyz to give him attention because they think it's such a joke and so mm-hmm. through that he's getting all these views he's getting all this like money subscribers followers whatever and it's like pumping him up it's like bad baby you know who that is unfortunately i do i mean we can talk about her if you want but takashi 69 trash to be honest trash. his life was like what, yeah, like 2.4 million people. Yeah, and he tried to justify a lot of things, like why he snitched. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, 
nah, like you can't do that because if you look at some of his court documents, he brought up people like Jim Jones. He brought up people like Cardi B. Oh. Like these are people because apparently, allegedly, they're all in the same gang. The gang will not be named. Um, but, you know, allegedly, and he did all of what he was doing because he saw how the gang helped their careers. Oh, you know? I see. Yeah, and, you know, allegedly he snitched, said some things, and then um, some other things happened with the feds um, tapping Jim Jones's phone because, you know, he was saying things about Takashi 69 Allegedly, it sounded like he was setting up a hit, allegedly. Um, please don't shoot me. Um, I'm a Christian. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so like he brought up all these people who did not need to be named mm-hmm. that had didn't hurt you, who didn't do anything to you at the time. So it's just like you can't even justify why you did what you did. You wanted to live the street life, but then when shit got too real, you tried to back out. Yeah. You did back out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you still trying to live that street life. Yeah, that's true. Because your music don't sound no different. True. So when a real motherfucker runs up on you, because you know he had to move twice. Mm-hmm. Because his location has been leaked twice. Oh, yeah, that's because... true. It's been leaked twice now. Yeah, since he's been out. So it's like, you can't even... Where can you go? Yeah, that's true. Come to Alaska. Come to Alaska. You'll be No, fine. we don't live in Alaska. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we don't live in Alaska. Yeah, we don't. Because you don't sue us. I live in Florida. I live in Florida. (laughs) Oh my god! But yeah, that's just how I feel about uh, the fucking six nine boy. I can't. Yeah. So what about this bad baby situation? I don't really follow bad baby. You know, I don't follow her either. Last time I checked about her, um, she's the CEO of Blackfishing. Um, as you know, Blackfishing is when you um, create a look that is more, um, how should I word it? Um, Negro sapien? I think that's a great word. Afro-sapien? Afro-sapien. Yeah, so you're basically either using a lot of spray tan um, or foundation, and you're looking three... You're looking three to 300 times darker than what you usually are. And um, this bad baby chick, allegedly... No, she really did. Um, go on Instagram Live saying that, you know, what's wrong with her wearing wigs and um, saying, I think she, I don't know if um, she ever talked about her um, skin tone being that color or something, but a lot of people are calling her out on it um, just because she doesn't look like she, who you saw on Dr. Phil at all. Um, and I think another thing that has to do with this is like, she was, she's what, like 15, 16? Um, but she looks like she's at least like 24 or like early a solid 20s. Yeah. yeah, she she does not look like, you know, she's that young. I know for sure. I don't know if she got like a 
breast implants or something. I don't know if that's ethical. Um, but she did something to her lips. Like, her lips do look bigger and fuller. So maybe she did get Juvederm. Like, um, yeah, like, yeah, sorry. Um, but she, yeah, she did get fuller lips and her face just looks so different. And I don't know if maybe it's like, you know, in your early to mid teen years, you kind of change your face a little bit, just like, you know, by growth. I don't think, I don't think it's the case for this specific situation, but she looks completely different. And, um, it's just not the way to go, not the way to go, especially when you are profiting off of that, you know? Yeah. I, I, I've always had an issue with people who want to look black, but, um, don't want to have that, like, will never experience, have the black experience where in terms of like racism and all that other stuff like that. Um, so once I found out that that's what, like, once I saw her Dr. Phil interview, I was like, yeah, this girl is going to be a problem. She's going to be a problem for a while because (laughs) and like everyone loves that. Like they love people who act that way. Right. Who look like the typical people they say usually act that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would never say acting black because I don't think she acts black. I think she acts disgusting. And, you know, I, I don't say her actions are, are black, but, you know, she wants to, you know, making her skin darker, um, you know, getting fuller lips, bigger booties, trying to have like more of a um, an urban uh, look to yeah, her. Yeah. What they say is her urban look. Um, it's disgusting, like, mm-hmm. like, but then again, she's a child, and when you have a child, and you don't teach your child how to stay in a child's place, and then on top of that, you give that child a platform, uh, a voice, a platform, an abundance of, of, uh, of money, I don't know if it's, if she makes a lot of money or anything like that, but and then you try to stick her with the culture, mm-hmm. it's like now they become unstoppable. Yeah, that's true. So uh, that's what I feel like the Car- the Kardashians did. Definitely. That's what I feel like. Um, but, you know, I mean, people are just going to keep taking, keep taking, keep taking from our culture, you know, whether it's, you know, African-American culture, whether it's Hispanic culture, people will continue to keep taking and taking from us. And I fear that one day we just going to wake up and then we're not going to have anything of substance anymore. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because it's been ran through and taken. That's true. So. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, taking, making it your own, profiting off of it. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like uh, watching the real because the real is doing something is similar to what we're doing. Everything virtual, and I believe they had Lisa Ray on there, mm-hmm. and she everybody's coming at her, but she made a statement saying that the Kardashian family has changed the way women look in the media, and everybody was just like up in arms. They were either with her or strongly against her, mm-hmm. and I just. Honestly, like I feel her. Yeah. Like 
they have single-handedly changed how bitches look. That's true. You know what I'm yeah, all Instagram girls, they have that same body. You know, it's like copy paste. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's truly sad. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, everybody does and and it's it's and I think we've touched on this before, but it um Imagine being like a 14 or 15 year old girl and them being a part of like who you follow. Like that just, that just ruins, you know, your, your self-esteem. It ruins your perspective on how you see yourself. It, I can't imagine that. I, I went through something like that, but I was much older. So I can't imagine, you know, when you're, when you're old, when you're younger, sorry, you are at, at such a, what's the word, like impressionable age. Where you're just kind of, you know, going through what other people are going through. And you're like, oh, yeah, I really like that. And there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there's just like a lot of pressure. And, and especially from a media, someone that, um, for example, the Kardashians who have, you know, thousands, millions of followers maybe. Um, and you see that and you're like, everybody must like that. I need to be like that. Right. Yeah. And it it makes you question, like, um, is how you look enough? Mm-hmm. Or, um, like you said, when, when kids at such that young age, the only thing they're thinking about now is to make money so they can change the way that they look. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like... You know, I think everybody goes through this, even though even those people who are quote unquote considered beautiful or anything like that, yeah. they go through some kind of um, insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just where we are in the world right now, it's like if you have the insecurity, cut it off or add on to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's not like deal with it, learn to love yourself anymore. Like that's not right. even something. I don't even feel like that's being taught anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about mainstream media, I definitely agree. Yeah. I definitely yeah. agree. I think yeah. I think it, it takes very good um, type of relationship with adults that you have around you to teach you that, especially mm-hmm. if you're that young. Because, like I said, you're, you're at such a... I don't know if impressionable is a word, but it's like you... It's easy to change your mind when you're that little, you know, for yeah. other people to, to, to have, um, like a big, mm-hmm. like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, we just want, we just wanted to touch base with everybody, all of our mental thon, um, our, sorry, our mental marathon lovers, um, our runners out there. <laughs> Runner number twos out there. So we just want, like I said, we just wanted to touch base with you guys and just let you guys know that you know we see we we love you guys and we're still here. We're gonna try to continue to to bring this back. Um, this will forever, this has forever changed our lives. Yeah. Um, Would have thought. Who would have thought in this lifetime? <laughs> this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. This is how this... Okay. Stop. That's that's enough. <laughs> No, but th- this has changed our lives, and and um, of course we're wishing everybody good health and good thoughts times, and um, thank you guys for listening to us, and and um, 
being here, you know, we're, we're all in this together in one way or another. So, um, we thank you guys. Yes. Yes. Please remember to invest in yourself. Take time in yourself. Go mm-hmm. outside, go for a walk. I went to Target the other day to buy a bike. There's no bikes. So, <laughs> There's no if bikes. you can't find a bike, buy it quickly. Because motherfuckers is buying it up. <laughs> so, um, if you can't do that, go for a rollerblade. Roll, go rollerblading. I think that's what I might do. I might get me some rollerblades. Yeah, I get some um, rollerblades. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you guys remember, you know, life is a motherfucking marathon, and if you don't run it, <laughs> no one will. <laughs> no one else. Will. No one else will. Well, this, this has been another edition of Mental Marathon. Remember, you guys can send your um, life stories, your questions, uh, your listener letters. Yeah, we can definitely to... do listener letters next time. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. We had a few in email. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead and um, email us at askmentalmarathon at gmail.com and we will be more than happy to help you through your motherfucking problems, bro. Yep, that's true. All right, you guys, take care. That's all, folks. (laughs) Are we live? Shit, we are motherfucking live. This was a journey. Was it? Oh it my god! Serious fucking journey. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody listening from their bunkers, uh, from Australia, to our beautiful voices from India, from Germany, from Italy. Um, we're coming at you live from our bedrooms. Yeah, no, we do not share a bedroom. We're coming I mean, at you live from different bedrooms. Okay, I'm yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. Jennifer, you know it's not true. We don't share bedrooms. Well, I mean, I feel you next to me, but okay. All right. We're next to each other right now, <laughs> mentally. Because this is mental what? This is mental marathon. Yes, yo. Welcome <laughs> back, everyone. Like, um, it's been a fucking journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a journey. Um for those of you who don't know um, and are living in a log cabin somewhere, um, we are now living in the times of coronavirus and um, we've been dealing with it. I think you saw a little bit of us, our paranoia on our last episode, which is dated for the 13th of March, but it is now May 14th, which has been, you know, two months since then and, and a lot has changed. Yes, a lot has fucking changed. <clears throat> Not just for Alaska, but for the whole country. Like, that was, well, March 13th was when we were able to come out the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I Shortly. was able to wake up every day and go to work. <laughs> True. Now, uh, we are in the times of uh, work from home. And um, if you are not working from home, uh, you are going to work, but you ain't seeing nobody. You can't can't see nobody, can't touch nobody. It's it, crazy times. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely crazy times. And I think, like, looking back, and I think, like, remembering from what we were talking about, we were kind of spot on of everything that happened. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> because when we hey, when we recorded well. it, when, 
when we recorded it, we were just finding out that the first case became public in Alaska. And our suspicion was right that, you know, that person did probably come into contact with other people. And obviously from there, it grew. Mm -hmm. Um, From one person? Yeah, from one person. Or maybe more. You never know. Shit. Yeah, true. Yeah, you never know. But I mean, you know, we're, thank goodness we're all doing, we're doing good. We're healthy. We're hoping that our listeners are healthy as well. Wishing yeah. everybody the best and sending everybody good, good thoughts. Um, because I think it's, it's been a very emotional time for a lot of people. And I mean, it still continues to be, I think this is like, this is going to bring a lot out of people and it's going to bring a lot into the world that's currently that we're currently living in. Right. It most definitely changes us, changes us forever. Uh, I was just talking to a friend the other day um, and I was telling her, I was like, you know, when we start doing, when things open back up and, you know, we're, we're, the, the cases start to go down, you know, when you start applying for jobs and all that other stuff like that, like one of those questions that an applicant is going to ask is, um, how does it look or um, what are the expectations or what are some of the the amenities that we're able to to continue to work during a pandemic? You know, so that's going to be worked into a lot of job descriptions or a lot of, you know, um, positions. And a lot of people are going to be asking those questions, like I said, when they go when they go to interviews on, you yeah, know, yeah. and I think that. Um, that's a very good point to bring up and just to have in the back of your mind because you never know what's going to happen. But at the same okay. time, I feel like this time that we're currently living in, nobody was ready for. Like a lot of businesses didn't know how they were going to continue. A lot of, you know, healthcare providers, they didn't know what it was going to look like from one week to another, let, a- let alone from like one day to another, you know? It was, you know, I, I work in a I work in the medical field and I see that and I saw that and I'm right. still seeing that, you know? Right. So, right. so it, it, it was a big, I was about to put myself on blast right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you're completely right, man. You're completely like, I work in a similar field. Like I, 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 I work, you know, with healthcare professionals and um, yeah. those who are, you know, uh, pursuing um, careers on to be healthcare professionals. And a lot of people, are you know changing their mind as to what course that they want to go through uh with life um because of this pandemic yeah yeah it yeah i think i think above all it's taught me a lot of patience because oh, yeah. you know giving myself a break not only i mean i can talk about work every day for my the rest of my life but um not only in my work life but also in my personal life like i know that i'm not going through this by myself i know that whatever I'm going through, people are going through, people are experiencing and, and maybe even worse, you know, like there, these are the kind of things that I've probably been seeing and being patient in knowing that, you know, things are slowly going to come back to quote unquote normal. Um, but just giving myself the time to just be like, okay, like this is, this is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming to terms with how to even function while it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mental health and 
making sure that, you know, you don't stay bunked up in the house all day and um, that you're doing things and, you know, at least going for walks and different things like that, making sure that you're not removing the, the humanity part of yourself right. from this whole, because of this whole situation, like, like, you know, you still have to be able to be kind to people and to be able to, um, you know, still want to be around people. Mm-hmm. So many things I know after this is over is going to change. Like, I don't know if concert's going to look the way it does. Like, I don't know. I don't like you just don't know because you don't it, it it's like it's here and it's like th- there's no signs of it going anywhere you know yeah the chicken pops like you know mm-hmm. somebody's eventually gonna get it you know it never goes away so you know yeah. as of right now that's what it's looking like you know but we can just hope for the best and yeah that's all we can do um yeah. I know I myself am maybe like and I think also, like, coming back to what I was saying, it kind of makes you think of, like, um, what, like, your response is, like, what your style of response is. Like, it's either fight, flight, or freeze. And I feel like mine, I'm realizing this today, but I feel like mine is just freezing. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, I'm being patient with everything. I'm not fighting it. I mean, obviously, I'm fighting it. Oh, God. I'm washing my hands, everyone. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, I'm not fighting the reaction that I should be getting. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm very neutral about it. Right. And if anything, I do show a lot of um, positive, like, thoughts. Like, I have a very positive mind frame um, compared to a lot of people. Um, and so I think that has brought out a lot in me today, this current time. Right. I, I completely, I feel the same way. I feel the same, same way. It's so hard when you're an extrovert and yeah. like I enjoy being around people. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy having conversations with people I don't know. But mm-hmm. I'm also um, a hypochondriac. Like I think I get everything. I think I have everything. So it's a little difficult to, um, I don't know, to to continue like I feel like my extrovertism whatever you call it is slowly going away with this whole process yeah it's because it's like every and I watch the news often like I, I probably shouldn't do that to myself I watch the news often and I know they just found like two cats in New York who ha- who has um who have the coronavirus I think they tested a uh tiger in the Bronx Zoo who has the coronavirus so now it's going to animals so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like you can't even be like, "Oh, Mister, can I pet your dog? Can I?" Oh, it's a cat. Like you can't even, <laughs> you can't even say things are cute anymore because you don't know what has it, where it's at, how far it travels. Um, it's just like all this unknown, and it yeah. just makes you want to just curl up into a ball and stay to yourself, and then touch everybody with a thirteen foot pole. Yeah, like, that's true. I, you know who I feel really bad for who? during the. Not even just like not just feeling bad for um, those groups of people, but uh, my heart goes out to them. Um, individuals who are suffering with homelessness and pregnant mothers who are due Definitely. to give birth. Definitely, I can't imagine. 
I can't imagine how scary it must be to be in either situation. Um, yeah. But to bring a child into the world where you have no idea what it's going to look like a month from now. Yeah. Or even like going to a freaking hospital, you know, like how dirty that must feel. Like, cause that's like, that's like a Petri dish of just bacteria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine just the stress and um, as you know, for someone dealing with homelessness, you rely a lot of contact with other people just mm-hmm. to get, you know, get your needs met or whatever it may be. So I, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't. Yeah. Like, and it's always the, the few who ruin it for the many. So I, I believe there was like a father in one of the, the, the States um, who his wife or his spouse went into labor and he decided not to tell the hospital that he was infected with coronavirus. Oh no. He wanted to see, you know, his child be born to the world. You know, I would say understandable. Like after thinking about it, I was like, oh, that's, I guess. But then I was like, no, never mind, because you literally killed everybody in that, that room. So did he really? Uh well, no. Nothing, oh. But I'm I'm talking about like the coronavirus, like a lot of people are looking at it as a death sentence. Right. So um, that's just how I was, you know, but, um, yeah. So like now some states or some hospitals are not allowing the father or yeah. a spouse to be, or, or parents to be in the room with the pregnant woman. Yeah. And I mean, facts shows that if a woman has support in the room with her while she's giving birth, her labor or her, um, yeah, her, um, her delivery isn't as stressful mm-hmm. so it's like it's just so sad for those people and I think Wendy Williams brought up a good topic she was talking about how she feels so bad for the individuals who are suffering with the coronavirus who are in the hospital rooms by themselves and dying alone yeah like I can't I I can't, I can't even begin thinking of that without like getting very emotional because yeah. Um, when Italy was really bad, I remember hearing a lot of things of like, um, they would share like tablets, uh, to the mm-hmm. patients that were dying, so they can like have their last word to the f- with the family, like mm. through like a web chatting thing or video call, yeah. whatever. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it's. I can't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a nurse shared that one of the most heartbreaking things that she had to do was um, call a family member and be there with the patient while she said her last words because, you know, she was dying. So, you know, she talked about how difficult that could be, that how difficult that was on her. Mm-hmm. And, um, like... And then you, you have cases of people who are passing away, like with Italy. I know th- they had quite a few videos that went up that were like, you know, I have a family member who died in the house with coronavirus and no one's coming to get my dead family member mm-hmm. in the house with me. Um, and then people who like in New York with the amount of cases that they had and people dying, you know, I can't even imagine how they're keeping up with ensuring that those bodies or those those individuals who passed away are going to the right family members. You know what I mean? Like you can't even 
I'm like, this whole thing, there's so many rabbit holes. So many. It makes me angry thinking of it. Yeah, it makes you angry. It makes you sad. It's like, it's so many rabbit holes that you're like, how would we ever recover from this? Because mentally, if I was a nurse and I was there making that phone call with that individual, like that would just, I would have to quit that day. Yeah. So kudos to all of our professional, our, um, sorry, our essential workers out there yeah, who are just yeah. have had their lives on the line. Like, mm-hmm. thank, thank you so to, much to all of them. And, you know, um, of course, the doctors, the nurses, all the staff that's doing that, but also, um, you know, people who are in charge of janitorial duties or cleaning hallways yeah. and, you know, making sure that each bed is clean um, yeah you know that that's that's so much yeah this shit is so real that in the history of new york's subway station it has never closed down for a deep cleaning and it's 115 years you have to think about that like 115 years of not being cleaned they have never shut it down to do a deep cleaning wow Last week, I think, I think it was last week or the week before last week, yeah. they finally shut down and did a full deep cleaning. Wow. My goodness. Wow. Like, <laughs> like, like, and you know what? These were things that I used to think about when I was sitting on the bus. Like, I'm like, man, I wonder if they shampoo their seats. Like, you know, you have individuals who may come in who have, you know, soiled themselves sitting down on these seats. Yeah. I'm like, do they shampoo these seats? Yeah. And it's like, it takes this for you. But you know what? It's okay. Because, you know, situations like this, like now that that has created a job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now hopefully transit and municipality people see that this is a job that needs to be done. And, you know... Hire reg. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. Did you want to keep going on coronavirus? I do, but at the same time, I don't. You know? You know, it's like this is our life now. And at the same time, I think it's okay to move on figuratively. Another virus called Takashi69. Let's talk about Takashi Six Nine. I know your feelings for him. Oh, first let's explain our let's explain our um, communication situation. Oh, our communication situation. So, for all of those of you loyal listeners whom we love and enjoy, um, we are currently. This is our setup right now because obviously we're not together. I'm right next to her. Um. She's not right next to me. <laughs> um, so this is what we did. So we're actually using our Anchor app. This is not sponsored, but Anchor is our main squeeze. Um, and the reason why you see runner number two is because this is a mental marathon. And the second person who gets on that profile will be runner number two. And mental marathon will be... Um, the main account and so 
um, that's the reason for that. I'm currently runner number two. Jennifer is um, on our main page. And um, we are trying Zoom at the same time, just so we feel like we're close to each other. But um, there used to be a TV show called Zoom. I remember that. Yeah, I need to- you remember? Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom. Come on yes. and Zoom. <laughs> yes. And then, um, so yeah, that's probably why um, I don't know if audio is going to be affected at all, but um, just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm still looking at her over there looking light skin. Yeah, we're, you know we're still looking at each other. Go ahead. Go ahead, Barty. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> is it because of my bun? Yep. Oh my god. And you got a thick ass accent. Oh my god. Um, but anyway, back to this trash ass person. Go ahead, Jennifer. Yes, I know you love him. So, uh, what? Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, because I don't love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. So, a little backstory. So, I was the first person to introduce Maria to Takashi69. And uh, we were in uh, a classroom studying. And I go, uh, Maria, you ever heard about Takashi 69? And she goes, no, but I love your music. Wait, go, so, hold on, hold on. Go like this to the mic because I can't hear you. Hello? How much did you miss? I heard everything. It just sounded a little muffled. Oh, God. I probably sound muffled during this whole entire thing. No, no, no. But, uh, just as of recently. But go ahead. Now it sounds much better. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, she's like, I love your music, so go ahead, turn it on. So I turn it on, and it's Takashi Six Nine's first single, which is like, get the bricky uh, and then make sticky uh, right? <laughs> and we sit there and we watch this whole mu- music video. And I'm like, okay, so for me, the first music video was Wait, go like this, Jennifer, not so close to the mouth, but like this, like this. Right there. Like right there. Like this. So to me, the first music video was a bit of a vibe because it was really New York. I was really feeling it. Okay. Um, not really affiliated with the gang, but I was like, oh shit, this is kind of nice. <laughs> um, so I look at Maria, and Maria has the most disgusted look at her face. Right on her face. Her face, I was just like, I don't know if that's like a, uh, like I'm feeling it, or that's a, uh, like I never want to hear that again. I remember that. I remember that. So I look at her, and she still has this ill look on her face, and I'm just like, what is, like, what is that uh, look? Tell me what that uh, look is. And she's like, that is the most disgusting thing. <laughs> I can smell him. He smells like must through the music video. <laughs> that was my exact same voice. <laughs> he smells and looks disgusting. Disgusting. So, disgusting. So from there, from that day on, Maria, her stand has always been lock him up, throw away the key. Of course. Not only that. But I kind of, I feel like you introduced me to the music, yes, but I had already heard about the rape charge and all this allegation. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, kind of, you know, we were um, 
on opposite ends, right? Um, yeah. And so that's when I told you about um, his allegations and everything. Would we get sued if we talk about this? Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, alleged, alleged case. Alleged case. High five through Zoom. Um. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So his alleged case, um, and how he had just some history with minor, a minor or minors. I don't know. Allegedly. Um, and so I told Jennifer about it because I, I, I'm not with that. I don't like that. Obviously that's disgusting. Who would, um, fuck with someone like that. But I mean, I mean, I'm judging you if you like him and if you listen to him, but anyway, Jennifer, but anyway, um, um, yeah, so I, I knew about his case. And then when I listened to his music, I'm like, why would anybody fuck with him? Like his music sucks and he does alleged things right so like it didn't make sense to me um but yeah that was the that was the beginning of us knowing about Takashi 69 together um and then that's when the whole thing started about him going to jail or going to trial right yeah 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 so you know i think everybody's pretty much privy to like his case and kind of who he is and kind of what happened you know he's considered the biggest snitch in music history yeah so you know uh and if you don't know anything about him you can most definitely just google 69 and then his whole life pops up or you can do yourself a favor and google um rat and then he'll come up he'll come up mhm even i heard that webster the 2021 edition mm-hmm. for um, their dictionary. Mm-hmm. His picture is going to be right next to Rat and Snitch Ass Nigga. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't even know that. But now I guess we know that. Now we're going to have to buy the Webster's Dictionary for the new year. I am. I already ordered mine. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So he came out with a new song. So, okay. So fast forward to present day. Wait, because we know- didn't even say he got locked up. He got locked up. Yeah, yeah, yes. He got locked up. Um, he's been gone for a year fighting this case. Um, he snitched on buku people, like a whole bunch of people, right? Um, to my understanding. And a few people got some serious time because of what he told the feds. Yeah. So recently he came back. Last week he came out with a song. It did, I want to say... 52 million within 24 hours um and he and he broke the record for having two million on his live on insta his instagram live oh yeah i remember that so the conversation sure i i watched the music video okay times four times oh my god four times i put myself through that and what what do you have to say for yourself if you did it more than once the first time i stopped it midway okay didn't go back to it okay the second time i stopped it midway <laughs> didn't go back to it. <laughs> so this is four separate times um within one day Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Within one day, within one day. Wait, did I? It's four separate times. But anyway, um, the third time I watched it all the way through, 
had no clue what I just watched. No clue. You can't no, even. No clue what I watched. No. I went just to slow it down or like to slow it down while I was watching it, like in my mind to see if I could pick up on words. I picked up on catch him at the chicken spot. God. And that's it. Nothing else. I don't even know if that's what he said. Yeah. But nothing else I understood. I just hate feeling like I'm getting yelled at. He's literally yelling at me. Yeah. I don't Yeah, like he's that. disciplining. I don't like I feel that. like he's like a colorful principal. He's probably recorded that. He probably recorded that in a storage unit, you know? Probably. All of that shit is like gift wrap or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just a bunch of girls who really need to pay rent during Corona. They probably live with him. They're in quarantine, obviously. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was like, I don't understand how he comes back. Playing because he in the video in the music video, I saw that he put an emoji um of a rat. Oh wow. I don't even understand how he comes back and he plays like this. Yeah, you know like he's proud of it, yeah. Like real people, real ass street dudes want to murder you. Allegedly. And you're here, allegedly. And you're here playing. With people's lives. Yeah. The joke of this. While people are sitting down doing 15 to 20 plus years. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even... I don't even understand. But I'll let you uh, tell me what you thought about the music video. And then we can get into all the... His live and all this other stuff. So, um, my experience with the... Um... With the video, honestly, it was longer than I wanted it to be. It was um, the 30-second clip you sent me on IG. That was it. <laughs> and I feel like I knew enough at that point. I knew that mm-hmm. he had some um, girls dancing in the video. They all were in different colors, which uh, honestly is so played out at this point. Last thing I saw from him, though, he dyed half of his hair white and the other one is rainbow. Um, um, yeah, so maybe he's going to start using white girls in the in his videos. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. He's just so problematic to me. I did listen to the clip, though. I did listen to it. I tried to give it a shot. I was like, okay, maybe he's changed since he's been to prison. Obviously not. Um, nope. Yeah, obviously not. But I mean, like, it's so like predictable, you know. Like, there's gonna be girls dancing. Absolutely. There's gonna be like a bunch of colors and shit. It's like a nothing new, really. All his music sounds Absolutely. the same too. Come on. The same. Yeah. Yeah. Just yelling. Just yelling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was that was what I saw, and and I'm glad that we're talking about it now. I honestly thought you like you were like a hard stand from him. Oh no! I was never a Takashi Six Nine stand. Oh. I like, uh, I like the mockery he made of himself. Like just you know all that because it was like real street shit, like from real street artists who really wanted to fuck him up, and just hearing his comebacks. And I'm just like, he hasn't been fucked. So it was just he was really entertaining, 
Um, but I understand that I was one of those people who may have put a battery in his back to continue acting the way he was acting because I was also viewing all of his bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, and I feel like um, sorry to that I was a part of that. I mean, it's okay, Jennifer. There's other people that probably stand him and, you know, but whatever. Oh, got all his tattoos on his face. That's true. Um, oh my God. What was I going to go with that? Oh my bad. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like um, he's the type of per like not so much the type of person because I don't know him, but I mean like the type of artist is like they'll they don't give a fuck. They'll do whatever they want, and they have people who um maybe like you like you just said like um they view his stuff or they do xyz to give him attention because they think it's such a joke and so mm-hmm. through that he's getting all these views he's getting all this like money subscribers followers whatever and it's like pumping him up it's like bad baby you know who that is unfortunately i do i mean we can talk about her if you want but takashi 69 trash to be honest trash. his live was like what well, yeah like 2.4 million people yeah, and he tried to justify a lot of things, like why he snitched. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, nah, like you can't do that. Because if you look at some of his court documents, he brought up people like Jim Jones. He brought up people like Cardi B. Oh. Like, these are people, because apparently, allegedly, they're all in the same gang. The gang will not be named. Um, but you know, allegedly, and he did all of what he was doing because he saw how the gang helped their careers. Oh, you know? I see. Yeah, and, you know, allegedly, he snitched, said some things, and then um, some other things happened with the feds um, tapping Jim Jones's phone because, you know, he was saying things about Takashi 69 Allegedly, it sounded like he was setting up a hit, allegedly. Um Please don't shoot me. Um, I'm a Christian. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, he brought up all these people who did not need to be named, mm-hmm. that had didn't hurt you, who didn't do anything to you at the time. So, it's just, like, you can't even justify why you did what you did. You wanted to live the street life, but then when shit got too real, you tried to back out. Yeah. You did back out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you still trying to live that street life. Yeah, that's true. Because your music don't sound no different. True. So when a real motherfucker runs up on you, because you know he had to move twice. Mm-hmm. Because his location has been leaked twice. Oh, yeah, that's because... true. It's been leaked twice now. Yeah, since he's been out. Like... You can't even... Where can you go? Yeah, that's true. Come to Alaska. Come to Alaska. You'll be No, fine. we don't live in Alaska. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we don't live in Alaska. Yeah, we don't. It's <laughs> because you don't sue us. <laughs> I live in Florida. I live in Florida. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. That's just how I feel about uh, the fucking 6 9 boy. I can't. Yeah. 
So what about this bad baby situation? I don't really follow bad baby. You know, I don't uh, follow her either. Last time I checked about her, um, she's the CEO of Blackfishing. Um, as you know, Blackfishing is when you um, create a look that is more, um, how should I word it? Um, Negro sapien? I think that's a great word. Afro sapien. Afro sapien. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're basically either using a lot of spray tan um, or foundation, and you're looking three. You're looking three to three hundred times darker than what you usually are, and um, this bad baby chick. Allegedly. No, she really did um, go on Instagram Live saying that, you know, what's wrong with her wearing wigs and um, saying, I think she, I don't know if um, she ever talked about her um, skin tone being that color or something, but a lot of people are calling her out on it um, just because she doesn't look like who you saw on Dr. Phil at all. Um and I think another thing that has to do with this is, like, she was, she's, what, like, 15, 16? Um, but she looks like she's at least, like, 24 or, like, early. A solid 20s. Yeah, yeah she, she does not look like, you know, she's that young. I know for sure. I don't know if she got, like, a breast implants or something. I don't know if that's ethical. Um, but she did something to her lips. Like, her lips do look bigger and fuller. So maybe she did get Juvederm. Like, um... Yeah, like... Yeah, sorry. Um, but she... Yeah, she did get fuller lips and her face just looks so different. And I don't know if maybe it's like, you know, in your early to mid teen years you kind of change your face a little bit just like you know by growth I don't think I don't think it's the case for this specific situation but she looks completely different and um it's just not the way to go not the way to go especially when you are profiting off of that you know yeah I, I I've always had an issue with people who want to look black but um, don't want to have that, like, will never experience, have the black experience where it, in terms of like racism and all that other stuff like that. Um, so once I found out that that's what, like, once I saw her Dr. Phil interview, I was like, yeah, this girl is going to be a problem. She's going to be a problem for a while because <laughs> and like everyone loves that. Like they love people who act that way. Right. Who look like the typical people they say usually act that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would never say acting black because I don't think she acts black. I think she acts disgusting. And, you know, I, I don't say her actions are, are black, but you know, she wants to, you know, making her skin darker, um, you know, getting fuller lips, bigger booties, trying to have like more of a um, an urban uh, look to yeah, her. Yeah. What they say is an urban look um, is disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. like, but then again, she's a child, and when you have a child, 
and you don't teach your child how to stay in a child's place. And then on top of that, you give that child a platform, uh, a voice, a platform, an abundance of of uh, of money. I don't know if it's if she makes a lot of money or anything like that, but and then you try to stick her with the culture. Mm-hmm. It's like now they become unstoppable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, that's what I feel like the Car- the Kardashians did. Definitely. Um, but you know, I mean, people just going to keep taking, keep taking, keep taking from our culture, you know, whether it's, you know, African-American culture, whether it's Hispanic culture, people will continue to keep taking and taking from us. And I fear that one day we just going to wake up and then we're not going to have anything of substance anymore. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because it's been ran through and taken. That's true. So, Mm -hmm. or yeah taking making it your own profiting off of it that's true yeah mm-hmm. like like uh, watching the real because the real is doing something as similar to what we're doing everything virtual and i believe they had lisa ray on there mm-hmm. and she everybody's coming at her but she made a statement saying that the kardashian family has changed the way women look in the media and everybody was just like up in arms. They were either with her or strongly against her. Mm-hmm. And I just honestly, like, I feel her. Yeah. Like they have single handedly changed how bitches look. That's true. You know what I'm yeah. All Instagram girls, they have that same body. You know, it's like copy paste. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's truly sad. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, everybody does. And and it's it's and I think we've touched on this before, but it um imagine being like a fourteen or fifteen year old girl and them being a part of like who you follow. Like that just that just ruins, you know, your your self esteem. It ruins your perspective on how you see yourself. It I can't imagine that. I, I went through something like that, but I was much older, so I can't imagine you know, when you're, when you're old, when you're younger, sorry, you are at, at such a, what's the word, like impressionable age where you're, you're just kind of, you know, going through what other people are going through and you're like, oh yeah, I really like that. And there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there's just like a lot of pressure and, and especially from a media, someone that, um, for example, the Kardashians who have, you know, thousands, millions of followers maybe, um, and you see that and you're like, everybody must like that. I need to be like that. Right. Yeah. And it, it makes you question, like, um, is how you look enough mm-hmm. or... Um, you said when when kids at such that young age the only thing they're thinking about now is to make money so they can change the way that they look yeah yeah and it's it's like you know i think everybody goes through this even though even those people who are quote-unquote considered beautiful or anything like that they go through some kind of um insecurity Mm -hmm. and i feel like just where we are in the world right now it's like if you have the insecurity cut it off or add on to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's not like deal with it. Learn to love yourself anymore. Like that's not right. even, I don't even feel like that's being taught anymore. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're talking about mainstream media, I definitely agree. Yeah. I definitely yeah. agree. I think yeah. I think it, it takes very good um, type of relationship with adults that you have around you to teach you that, especially mm-hmm. if you're that young. Because, like I said, you're, you're at such a... I don't know if impressionable is a word, but it's like you... It's easy to change your mind when you're that little, you know, for yeah. other people to, to, to have, um, like a big, mm-hmm. like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we just want, we just wanted to touch base with everybody, all of our mental thon, um, our, sorry, our mental marathon lovers, um, our runners out there, <laughs> runner number twos out there. So we just, wanted, like I said, we just wanted to touch base with you guys and just let you guys know that you know we see we we love you guys and we're still here. We're gonna try to continue to to bring this back. Um, this will forever, this has forever changed our lives. Yeah. Um, would have thought? Who would have thought in this lifetime? <laughs> in this lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. This is how this- Okay, stop. That, that's enough. No, but th- this has changed our lives. And, and um, of course, we're wishing everybody good health and good thoughts times. And um, thank you guys for listening to us and, and um, being here. You know, we're, we're all in this together in one way or another. So um, we thank you guys. Yes. Yes, please remember to invest in yourself. Take time in yourself. Go mm-hmm. outside, go for a walk. I went to Target the other day to buy a bike. There's no bikes. So <laughs> There's no bikes. if you can't find a bike, buy it quickly. Because motherfuckers is buying it up. <laughs> so um, if you can't do that, go for a rollerblade. Roll, go rollerblading. I think that's what I might do. I might get me some rollerblades. Yeah, I get some rollerblades. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you guys remember, you know, life is a motherfucking marathon, and if you don't run it, <laughs> no one will. <laughs> no one else. No one else will. Well, this, this has been another edition of Mental Marathon. Remember, you guys can send your um, life stories, your questions, uh, your listener letters. Yeah, we can definitely to- do listener letters next time. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. We had a few in email. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah go ahead and um, email us at askmentalmarathon at gmail.com and we will be more than happy to help you through your motherfucking problems bro yep that's true alright you guys take care that's all folks Hey, lovely people. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? We back with another episode. I can't believe this is episode... What number are we on? Uh, a double digit. A double digit. A double digit. And once again, this is Mental Marathon. Mental Marathon. Um, you're here with your hosts, um, Maria. And what is your name again? Jennifer. You're here with Marie and Jennifer. Um, yes, ma'am. This is an episode that's being recorded via Anchor. Um, we are also not in the same place, so 
Um, we're doing this virtually, telephonically, telepathically. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, corona is in, in effect, yes. uh, so killing people, still grabbing numbers. Uh, um, I don't know about where you're from or where you're listening from, but we just shot up a whole lot um on our side so corona is still out here live in effect yeah she's still so, she's still present amongst messing us. up people's lives but you yeah. know we're, we're learning how to deal with it we're learning how to get through it um yeah I, I think the usually we start off with you know sounding very happy sounding very jovial and very playful but i think this podcast um it's probably going to be like no uh it's probably going to be no different than any other podcast during this time um that's talking about the happy situation with uh race that's going on in our country right now um mm -hmm. so yeah we're just going to jump right into it how do you how you how are you feeling maria you know this this has been a very overwhelming week it's been very angry i've i've been very angry i've been very sad i've been you know full of rage and um there's really no words i guess to sum up you know what one is feeling right now but um i can also say that it feels good to have a community of people or I guess feel like a community is out there um, with you and supporting you and your views. And of course, supporting all those people um, whose voices have been silenced. And um, I guess in that sense, it's been very empowering and it's been very, um, it's just been a, a really good time, but also a very bad time, you know, all together. So it's been a little bit of both things. Um, yeah. Uh, the same thing. I think I've been feeling a lot of anger. Um, I've been feeling um, very, not just very sad as well, um, but also, um, I guess for for lack of a better word, very violent. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel the need to fight mm -hmm. um, because I feel like everything that could possibly be done has been done. And I think the only thing that's left at this point is to fight. Yeah. Um, and I think we're seeing that across the country that yeah. people are just like, you guys have pushed us to this point. Mm -hmm. we, this is where we're at now. Mm -hmm. And this is the only way we can now express ourselves because we've tried several different ways. Right. Tried talking about it. We've tried peacefully walking about it. We've tried all these different ways. We've had numerous celebrities um you know Colin Kaepernick taking a knee doing his best to bring awareness to the situation and how he was basically 
beaten down and now I, you know, I really don't understand the whole situation with him. Um, but I do know that he still hasn't been signed to another NFL team since the whole situation. Um, but I feel like people have feel that our backs against the wall and this is the only way we can fight. Yeah, you know, this is the only thing we have is to fight. It's like backing an animal up into a corner. And it's like, now we have to claw our way out of it because it is, it is happening way too often. Um, it is, it is happening so often that when you hear about it, you don't even think twice. You just continue to scroll mm-hmm. because it's like, it's our new normal now. Mm-hmm. People had said enough is enough. And we're here at this point now. And I think that's where I'm basically at with mm-hmm. the whole, thing. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for everything that's going on. Yeah. This, this is a lot of built up frustration and absolutely. You know, and it feels like, um, this is the only way that people mm-hmm. can see these frustrations being out because like you said, there's been peaceful protests. There's been um, celebrities going out. There's been people, activists, family members, uh, victims talking about these things. And it's like their voice is not heard. So it's like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to listen to my voice, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I completely see that. And that's exactly what's, what's going on. You know, and that's why I'm saying, like, I feel it's sort of like empowering to see that it's it's Uh like it's a very, like, beautiful and amazing thing to see that people's voices are being heard. Right. Because there's, you know, for for all these cases that are happening and for those of you who don't know, um, these we're talking about the protests that are happening, um, not just, you know, here in Alaska, but, Uh you know. Nationwide. Worldwide. 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 Paris, Amsterdam. Yeah, and we're talking mm-hmm. about um we're talking about George Floyd. We're talking about Brianna Taylor. We're talking about Ahmad. Um, mm-hmm. um and basically all of the killings that has gone on. Um those three killings I think had gone on all throughout um May. Yeah. Three killings of uh, of unarmed people being killed by police or by people who think they were the police. Um, um, so, and, and those people after being killed, their killers, the murderers, uh, not being um, arrested. Not being charged. Maybe arrested, mm-hmm. but not charged. And not um, charged, right. Yeah. But what I was saying is like, um, you know, just like we're, we're voicing, um, we're giving voices to the people that didn't have a voice, that didn't have the opportunity to um, fight for themselves, to fight for their justice. You know, there's so many that we didn't even know about. And I think that's what like the main uh, the main idea of this movement is like a lot of people didn't know who jo- George Floyd was. You know, right. what I, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people didn't know who who Breonna Taylor was like. Nobody knew who who they were talking about um, yeah. until people made it known. And I'm sure that, you know, more cases are going to come up that people don't know, you know, who uh-huh. these people are. But with all this attention, with all this media attention, social media, everything, 
that's how you know their names get shared and um, we're giving these people you know the right of you know this is who they were they weren't just a person that you know was taken away um in the hands of injustice but um they were a mom they were a daughter they were a student they were a dad you know like this is what this is what this movement is is giving people and I think it's just time. Yeah, most definitely. And I think also with this movement, um, we're starting to see who's who, right? We're starting to see um, those, the, the racist folks, you know, the racist folks that were um, hiding before, or maybe they were all, they, they were, they were racist. But now with this whole thing happening, they're like, okay, we want, Jada know that um, black lives don't matter. All lives matter. Like saying things like that, taking taking a, a peaceful movement just to tell people uh, like like black lives matter to 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 say all lives matter as if the whole movement is about um, us saying uh, all lives don't matter. Like we 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 know that like that 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 is written in cement. We know that lives, that everyone's life matter, but the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, having to say it itself speaks value. The fact that we have to say that Black Lives Matter, that should be the issue. You know what I'm saying? So just seeing people on social media, people that I follow, um, kind of where they stand with the situation. And then also... You know, that hot Cheeto in the fucking um, White House, you know, here mm-hmm. and things he has to say um, about protesters and just different things like that. Uh, I feel like this whole thing has brought so much light, like you said, beauty to the situation, but so much light of all those people who were like in the dark. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like we're able to see them now because now they're coming out. Now they're bringing out their guns and now they're threatening, you know, the black lives matter movement. Mm -hmm. They're, they're telling you how they feel about, um, uh, this is just one related incident and all these different things like that. Um, I know here in Alaska, we had quite a few, uh, I know here in Alaska, we had quite a few, um, situations, with right you know us having a rally and then um white folks showing up talking about all lives matter or right yeah um i believe there was like a video on facebook about another part of of town uh where they were gonna, where they were going to have the rally but i believe it was canceled because people were talking about bringing guns to to intimidate the protesters a peaceful protest yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. So this this guy, who shall not be named, because um, we don't give a fuck, yeah. um, or his page, <laughs> but he was basically saying it was like a seven or eight minute video. Him basically saying, you know, um, I'm gonna be dressing like this. I think other people should be dressing the same. It sounded like he had a, like a little army within uh-huh. the page, so. They were all going to dress a certain way. They were all going to act a certain way. They were saying that they were backed up by the police. Okay, sure. Um, 
And he mentioned something about bringing his guns. And by that, he meant um, bringing the little ones, not the big ones. Mm-hmm. So that kind so of... He wanted everybody, yeah, he wanted everybody to bring their guns. Right, yeah. His but he, did, he said he didn't... Huh? I said that was his main thing. His main right. thing was bring your guns, but don't bring the big ones. But bring your guns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> yeah. Get rowdy. And it, it just made it seem like... Um, a huge threat, right. but not only a threat was like, it seems like those kind of people that are going there just to kind of poke at people mm-hmm. that way that, you know, people can feel, you know, like, um, intimidated, what's the word intimidated or triggered mm-hmm. or, you know, just to cause a reaction right. and maybe even without them knowing, start something that they should have prepped for or that they're going to go there and prep for. And by that, I mean, like, looting. By that, I mean, like, you know, God forbid, but, you know, shooting or whatever it may be. But, I mean, it it just, it's like a horrible, disgusting thing to see. And, like, I knew we had them here, uh but I didn't know how bold they were. Them. I, I knew, I want to say about a, a year ago or two years ago, there was a Black Lives Matter protest. And when I tell you that we saw a whole bunch of trucks driving, nigger, screaming out monkey. I mean, I take the bus sometimes out here and I'll be at the bus stop and somebody, black bitch, nigger, um, just, I mean, you're already winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can drive mm-hmm. off. Like, you know, I'm here waiting for a bus. Like, why <laughs> would you take time out of your day to, nigger, skirt? Like, I'm not, I can't chase you. You know, it just shows me how much a pussy you really are because you really don't want these hands. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's neither here nor there. Exactly. But I think the whole situation with that video was um, he kept saying that we were um, we're just backed up for the police. Um, you know, we just don't want the same thing that's happening in other states to happen up here. But I need to map out Alaska to you guys. We don't have a Macy's. We don't have a TJ Maxx. We don't have a Marshall. We don't have shit. And if we do, it's very <laughs> spread apart. Exactly. Nothing for you to loot or steal. We don't got yeah. What you gonna do? Steal 20 pairs of vans? What you gonna do? So yeah, yeah. It was, and then especially this part of Alaska. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that specific part of Alaska where they were gonna have um the rally. There's really nothing out there for grass. What are you gonna do? Steal somebody's carrots? I don't understand. <laughs> so no. It, we you know. They really just wanted to come out just so they can probably, of course, intimidate, um, aggravate, and then give somebody a reason to shoot. You know what I mean? So when you look at things like that, you know, you really have to think about your safety. I know I haven't been to any protests or any rallies due to the fact that I know there's these people here. Um, there was a right. rally um, some t- somewhere in town. I drove by the rally and I saw a huge flag that said Trump 2020. So I already knew what type of energy they were trying to give. You know what I mean? Right, right. 
So just to keep my sa- myself safe and my mental right, I just knew, you know, I don't want to turn a peaceful rally into, okay, um, you really want to come all the way here to promote your hatred? Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, doing my best, just staying away from, from that. But I know for me, the most beautiful part, well, I mean, I, I guess for you, um, with this whole situation going on, you mentioned that the most beautiful part was seeing people come together. Was there anything else that you, you saw during the whole, during this whole thing? I think a lot of, um, the things that I just found very like beautiful and I guess like a little silver lining was to see like a sense of community and a sense of um, allies within different diverse groups. Um, I think that that was something really special. Um, I know that a lot of um, the stuff that was being posted on social media and I'm sh- maybe we've seen the same things maybe we haven't but there were a lot of um, uh, stuff with like cops and like the cops would were made to seem like they were with you know the people opposing them um, that was fake as fuck obviously but um, I think like just like within different diverse groups coming together and like voicing you know um their Black Lives Matter um, posters and using their voices, using their privilege too for those who have privilege, you know, um, to stand in front of cops and letting other people voice their opinions and um, screaming the things that they need to scream and letting out those frustrations. I think that that was probably the best part. Um, yeah, I think I think that was that was something that I think gave me a little bit of like happiness inside um yeah because when you see these videos and you're like reading like I know for me I was going on Twitter and reading about so many other cases and reading about cases being reopened and what's going on with the with the um with the people who um um yeah so anyway I think um that can get very overwhelming and it can get very like emotionally draining because you almost feel like I'm so small in this movement. Like what, what can I do to change this? What can I do? What can I do? But it's like, you have to look at this and, and kind of look at it from, from um, a bigger scope and be like, okay, you know, these people are getting charged if you want it or not. Like things are changing slowly Mm -hmm. And I know I was going through this um, moment earlier today where I felt like hopeless, you know, I felt like, you know what, what's like, okay, these are all just a bunch of frustrations. What's, what's the takeaway from this? What's happening? But it's like, no, you really have to step back and see all like, um, I know we were talking about this earlier, but what activism looks like within yourself. So I know that you said that you wouldn't really go to the rallies just for your safety and your um, mental state and I completely agree because I feel the same way and I know I have a lot of negative energy right now and so putting it out there I feel like might trigger something or it might trigger something within myself yeah exactly so um, for me it was my activism looked more like um, letting my um, 
you know, social media following, letting them know what they can do and letting them know that their voice and their actions are heard and that, you know, it is, it is a, it is a protest. We're all working on this together, giving them links, giving them information because a lot of people didn't know, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people were not aware. And so that was my type of um, activism. And that's the one that I felt good with, you know? So I think it was always good to check in on you and being like, okay, check in with yourself, take a deep breath. What are you doing? You know, kind of regulating yourself. So, um, that was my biggest takeaway. I think definitely seeing um, the sense of community and the sense of um, allies that um, that were brought, you know, within this. And of course, like seeing within like social media or whatever, seeing who around you supports this movement mm-hmm. because within them you can connect. Mm-hmm. So definitely that was something that was something big for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say the same, like, you know, signing petitions, making phone calls, leaving messages, um, really doing my best that I can do um, anything that I can do from home, anything, yeah. um, you know, if I saw something that, you know, Sean King posted, I was on it. If 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 I saw something that somebody else posted, I was on it. Um, and then I also to pay attention to uh, mental health um, awareness because I know how draining it can be because I know for me, it really took a toll on me. Like it truly took a toll on me because Mm -hmm. it was like everything that I'm working for, everything Mm -hmm. that um, I'm doing my best to to create um, generational wealth. Um, I'm doing my best to to make sure that when I have my kids, that they have a stable foundation to stand on. And just the thought of my son or my daughter leaving the house and being harmed in the same way that Mr. Floyd was, or the same way uh, Breonna Taylor was, or the same way um, Ahmad was, like, just the thought of it, like, really just Mm -hmm. put me in a bad mind space. Because I'm like, you carry this child for nine months, you raise this child, and then for them to be gunned down by the same people we pay with our tax dollars, by people who just didn't like to see a young man jogging or they thought he was running away from uh, a crime scene or whatever the situation is. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not even about, it's just, just just thinking about it. It's like, who would ever let their child leave the house? Like, especially if they're black brown right. or um, indigenous, like who, who will let their child leave? Because like, we're being hunted. If we're not being, if, you know, you're not, if, if our, our Mexican brothers um, or brothers and sisters are not being put in cages, then black people are getting shot. Like we already done stole, I mean, well, not we, um, but the land has already been stolen <laughs> from indigenous people. So it's like, when, when do these people get a chance to win? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I really feel like we've been taken nothing but else. Like, I don't even know, like, how do you stay mentally sane 
and right in in these times. But um, for me, I really enjoyed seeing, like you said, everybody come together. Like I saw everybody in this, especially in New York. Like when I used to see, when I saw videos of the Black Lives Matter march in New York, in Paris, and Amsterdam, and Canada, and Germany, and uh, New Zealand, just to see everyone come together and say, you know, America's not the only one that has this problem. Um, brown people across the board, worldwide, True. has True. And we are tired. Mm-hmm. And so just to see that, it was just like, wow. Like, maybe we might get the W this time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we got it. Not might. I feel like we got it. And mm-hmm. now we just have to keep the momentum, right? We right. just have to make sure that the, the Cheeto doesn't get reelected. We got to make sure, you know, we're pushing every, everybody over to Biden because we have, mm-hmm. right? We, do, we have no Nobody choice. needs to argue this situation, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, and I also think, Something that something else that came up during this whole situation is when do you have the talk about racism with your children? You know, us being black and brown. Mm-hmm. Like, when do you believe is the right time to have that conversation with your child? I feel very early on. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about? Because like, what age. You don't have to get specific with the age if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, like, before they go to, like, either preschool or kindergarten, mm-hmm. like, as soon as they can go out and see different people, mm-hmm. and they're, like, aware enough to be like, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And, like, little kids are pretty smart, yeah, yeah. so it's like, they they will probably bring it up themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I want to I, I think it's a good time to catch them before they're thinking about that, before they bring stuff up like that, or even like during that period of their lives, because that's, it's so essential. Right. And to let them know that things are so, um, of course, make them aware of their situation, but also like empower mm-hmm. them, you know, and let them know that they're diverse mm-hmm. and, um, that's a really good question. So would you also cover in that conversation history or would you just cover the fact that they're different? No, I think definitely history. Okay. Um, but I think I think it depends on how old they okay. are. Okay. Cause they, they probably won't know who like what indigenous is right. or you know what a country is or what the spaniards were right. you know like they 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 won't know those things but i think definitely like before they're um i would like for them to be very like self-aware mm-hmm. of of themselves and of like the um, injustices of right. the world because if we i don't want them to live in like a right. bubble you know and let them know of um you know, are different brothers and sisters in the mm-hmm. world. And so they know that, you know, um, not everything is as pretty as your social studies teacher tells you it is. Right. And your social studies Because it's whitewashing. Your, your social study teacher doesn't cover everything. No, and they're just whitewashing everything. 
Right. It's all about white America. Right. Absolutely. You're not telling me exactly what happened. Um, slavery was not that cute to be covered in four pages. No. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, mm-hmm. um, like you said, having that conversation is um, most definitely having a conversation that, you know, when you leave this house, you know, you look different, you know, you're, you're going to, or you look different from, you know, you, you, your classmates um, and why. Um, but I might cover history um, just continuously throughout their whole life. Oh, good. Yeah. I, um, of course, we're going to sit down and we're going to have this conversation of you know completely uh, about history but i mean just making sure i reiterate just about you know what it took for you to be here mm-hmm. and how far we've come and um the importance of we're still moving you know right and you're a part of this fight you're a part of us moving and i be yeah. active because that's it can- that's so powerful. That is so powerful. And that's so important for a little kid to know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I think like very early on, and I can say this because, you know, I look different from when I moved, like when I moved here to America, I, I didn't feel the same, obviously. But, you know, just like being empowered and being not being shy about who you are and not letting people... um talk bad about you or of your features or of your people or of your history you know what I mean because there's been a lot of times that I wasn't self-aware and I let a lot of things slide by because I didn't know how to how to respect my my culture myself um or you know my my people so I think that's very important and that's I didn't I never thought about it that way until you're you're saying it right now so I think that's so important. Yeah, I tell people all the time, like I wasn't black until I came to to um, Alaska. Like in New York, we broke things down based off of like where you came from. Like if you're Jamaican, if you're from Trinidad, if your family's from Guyana, or if you're from like or if you're Puerto Rican, like you were broken down like by your your country, broken down by the sc- color of your skin. So. Um, so the conversations that I had in New York and I was among peers, like I, I always had mm-hmm. like one or two white per- people, like white, white, um, peers in my classrooms, but my teachers, the majority of my teachers were all white. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I was fully, and I still wasn't even aware about my blackness, right? Like, like you said, slavery was literally four pages, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everything, even less. Yeah, yeah, very true. You know, Our Black History Month. That's the only time we covered it, and everybody wrote about Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, like, I, I think when it comes to like really knowing yourself, finding yourself, I think that's a very important thing that you need to instill into your children early on in life because we can't always depend on our public school systems or we can't always depend on our school yeah. system to do that for us. Right. We can't depend on, on other people to teach our kids. Yeah, about what we know they need to know. 
about what we know exactly about our experiences about what you've seen about you know your elders about your community Mm -hmm. so I guess one more question that I have is um or that just came to mind is like when do you start to teach your children how to interact with the police or how to interact with um, higher authority like that? Because I think in Alaska, we have police officers and we have troopers. Um, right. And I, I don't, the first time I've ever heard about a trooper was when I came to Alaska. I don't think, I, I, I'm pretty sure every state has it, but I never came encounter with a, a trooper in uh, New York. I only came encounter with a police Wait, what's the difference? Um, I think, troopers do more of like um a statewide thing and then oh officers are more city-based i could be wrong city or community-based no i think you're right because there's like alaska state troopers and they like go through the highway exactly like they can do that like oh okay um so when do you start having that conversation with how to properly interact with a police officer i mean when it comes to a police officer, I think, you know, like when you're in kindergarten and you learn about different like jobs, fields, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good time to let them know about, um, I wouldn't say exactly like what their job is because obviously they're taught that, you know, police are always there to help. Right. They're the good guys. They're the good guys. But I mean, I think it's it's good to kind of let them know that that doesn't always happen. Right. Because what if it doesn't happen that way? They're just going to be, you know, living, living, um, living a lie. Right. But at the same time, I think something that you said earlier is like authority. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't always have to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't... Um, I know the cases that we're seeing now is like about life or death, but there's also harassment and there's also a lot of things that kind of go left unsaid because you're my principal or you're my teacher or you're my doctor or you're, you know, like my friend's mom Mm -hmm. and you, there's a lot of things that kind of get left unsaid. And so I think it's important to let them know that there's going to be a lot of people in their life who, are superior from them but you know let them know to like be self-aware about themselves and just the reality of things that you know not not everything can go a perfect way Mm -hmm. I think for me I think I want to most definitely start teaching about my kids, start teaching my kids about like their amendments uh, or about the amendments, about their rights. Um, Also, I think it's very important to instill that into your children, especially if you're black, brown or indigenous or um, native to these lands. Um, It is very important that they know their rights, they know their uh, amendments. Um, So that way when they do get into, when they do come into counter um, with a police officer or anything like that, they know their rights. Um, I think that's what's a good age. You think? I that? think as early as possible, right? Like, because it's the amendments. There's so many. Okay, <laughs> there's and then state by state. There's different rights. State by state. Um, I was talking to. Police. I think I agree with you, but oh, I think I agree with you, but I, I think like 
I wouldn't do it too early on just because it, it might get too complicated. Like if they're four or five. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I'll start having start having like little signs around the house where we're learning our amendments. Like the fun is I think, like you said earlier, like kids know. So um, it right. doesn't make sense. We treat them like they don't know when we know that they know. So and the earlier you can. That's the earlier you can teach them about these things, of course, in a fun way, the more that it will stick. Because the last thing you want to happen is your child to forget to tell the police officer that they have a licensed or, or registered gun in their glove department where they're reaching over to get their their um you know their their vehicle information, right? So you want them to be fully right. aware. And unfortunately. You know, we don't have the luxury being black or brown to to take these things lightly as we see in the media. Mm-hmm. So we have to start early. Mm-hmm. You know, That's it's, true. It's, it's scary. And as ridiculous as it sounds, it 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 feels like that our kids have a very short time to be a child. And so we have to start mm-hmm. teaching them how to survive in this world. Um, That's true sounds scary and it sounds crazy but you have to do what you you can do to make sure that you instill everything that you can possibly instill into your child so they can make it back home to you so that's true um yeah it's crazy as it sounds i will most definitely find of course fun ways to do it but um i think it's very important to know Mm-hmm. And and for them to know that when they travel to other states, those states have rights and different laws as well than the state that you live in, because not a lot of people know that. Yeah. So you're so right. I never ever thought of that. I guess because I, you know, like, yeah, I you're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know this was a heavy conversation. A heavy episode, um, but you know, we have to have these conversations. I hope that mm-hmm. um, this resonates with people. Um, I'm happy inside at the same time to see where our country is and where it's going. But um, right, this is just this is just another layer to the onion that we have to peel back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're doing a great job at doing that. Yeah, I I think, yeah, everything you said, yeah, because it's been a very heavy week, right? It's been a very, maybe even two weeks, you know, since this. Oh, yes, about two weeks, two and a half weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, was, I hope that everybody's. He was, um, not he, um, Mr. Floyd was murdered on Memorial Day, and I believe. Mm-hmm. Week and a half ago, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's just you know, hopefully, we we go nowhere but up from here. That's you know, that's the only place we have left. That's the only place, right? That's what they say. That's true. Yeah, but it was great talking to you guys. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Brianna Taylor. I believe today is her birthday. She would have been twenty-seven years old today. So, um, you know, huge shout out to her and her family, you know. Right. Yeah. So celebrating her, remembering her. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And we're doing yeah. our best to to make a difference. So that's right. You know, but if you guys have questions, you guys, you know, want us to do listener letters, we're still doing that. Um, we're still doing that. Yeah. Yes. This episode is just a little heavier than others. So mm-hmm. um, we're just going with what we feel is right. And we are not trying to focus on silly things, although it's good to focus on silly things, but mm-hmm. This is more of a check-in of how how we're doing and how um, how we're feeling and where our nation is right now. But right. Uh, we may just do a whole podcast of listener letters. We don't know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys' letters, answering it to the best of our ability. Um, but yeah, send it in to uh, ask ask mental marathon at gmail.com again that's ask a s k i know it sounds like i say ass but ask <laughs> at gmail.com um we are looking for listening letters if you have questions if you have a uh, problem any comments any comments um constructive feedback we want it but not really um no we want it we want it we're actually um and I want to announce this here um, because they may notice a change in our artwork. Um, we may change it very soon. Um, we're still playing around. Um, we, we're so thankful for everybody who's been listening and supporting us, following on our Instagram, listening to our um, very sporadic episode mm-hmm. upload that we have. Yes. But um, we're, we're very thankful. And, um, and like I said, we've been working on our art. Um, I hope... You know, it it um it it's well liked. Yep. We've been working on it. Um, not gonna say who the artist is. <laughs> or be named. But um, no, we've been working on our our um our art, and we um are kind of playing with our audio here and there sometimes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for um. For sticking around, I guess. Definitely. Please, please follow us on Instagram at mental underscore marathon. Um, yes. Mental underscore marathon. Um, that's our Instagram. That's our Instagram. Please follow us. Uh, we'll, we plan on posting more. Um, we will not do a face reveal as of yet. As of yet. But we we will do it soon we will do it soon but we love y'all and please stay um keep doing what you guys doing Uh, stay healthy and stay corona free please please yeah please or if you're listening to this in quarantine that's true that's true um yeah we're out i could remember saying what do i always say before we leave with you, something like that. <laughs> it's a motherfucking marathon. Ain't nobody gonna run this bitch but you. Okay, all right. We out, y'all. <laughs> okay, bad bitches unite. We are officially in the fucking building. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is Mental Marathon with your host. Hostess. Hostess with the mostest. Is host. Mimosas. Drinking mimosas. I'm, I'm currently on the beach. I know you guys could probably hear the ocean in the back. Um, and there's, um, I'm, it's, it's sandy. Um, and the, the sand is white. And uh, the ocean is blue. Um, 
like uh, a Crips bandana. And uh, <laughs> we're just out here in these streets. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sipping on mimosas. Just relaxing. Um, just relaxing. You know I'm saying there's a couple uh, naked bad bitches in the area. But you know who's looking? You know? I am. Most me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <you're right. laughs> Only if any of that shit was true. <laughs> well, this is another episode. This is another episode of Mental Marathon. Yes. Thank you again um, for joining us Maria for another week um, in this pandemic um, filled world. New week. Yeah. Same shit. New week, right? In the house. Same. Try not to Same die. Thing. Clorox wipes everywhere. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah very true. That's, That's our new normal. And I don't think life. it's going to change for too, um, anytime soon because I don't plan on changing my behavior. I really don't. I still plan on doing everything that I'm doing now. Yeah, you're being safe, cautious, yeah. as everybody should be too. You know, I still secretly judge people when I, well, not secretly, I, I think I make it a thing, but when I'm up, out at the store buying groceries, I know, I don't, people with no I don't want, I want them around me. I don't disgusting. want them to touch me. Like, stay 50 feet. Fuck this six feet shit. 50 feet. It's just, yeah. Sometimes you can't avoid that though. Like, oh, I say, I say, I say, pretty shit. And you know like, what I'm saying like, oh, like or just excuse me, or um, you do. I must be standing here in my invisible suit. Um, <laughs> I say, I say sarcastic shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Crazy but stuff. But this week, we wanted to talk about something more lighter. Uh, this week we wanted to talk more about uh relationships yeah we wanted to talk about relationships it's a pretty appropriate yeah. topic I across think, for any time really yeah you know the topic right yeah, it, yeah. it's applicable yeah. to anything Most and anyone. definitely so i think you know i think i kind of want to start off with like relationships during covid like long distance uh you know, mm-hmm. seeing people mm-hmm. like, especially if you don't live in like, if you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. and y'all don't live in the same house, like, how is that even working? Right. Like, I know you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we do not see. Each how other is that working out as for you guys? As often as we would. Well, um, you know, in the beginning when COVID um, established (laughs) residency here in Alaska, um, it was a little hard because, you know, he was for sure not going to come to see me, very careful, very cautious. Um, And, you know, it did, I feel like it did cause a little bit of, you know, bumps just because I feel like a lot of the things um, in our relationship that weren't um, that we maybe like kind of glanced over, didn't really care for came up. So like a lot of um, difficulties with communication have come up a lot. 
Um, but, you know, we've been working through it. We've been talking about it. So I think COVID has kind of been a blessing in disguise because we've been able to communicate a lot better. And I think it's more efficient. You know, it's been helping us a lot, especially because we can't see each other as, you know, as much as we used to see each other before COVID. Um, but I think now things are getting a little lighter with, uh, you know, our attitudes with it. Um, of course, we're still careful. Of course, we still wear our masks. Of course, we still keep our distance. But, you know, even going out for a yeah. walk with him is so nice. It's, like, nice to, you know, have that time together and enjoy yeah. nature because we're having such a beautiful summer, you know. And yeah. even though we can't do everything that we want to do, it's just nice to... To yeah. be together and yeah, you know, for a little I, I want to say time. like when this COVID thing first happened mm-hmm. uh, or when it first started, um, I think I saw so many articles and so and I heard about so many podcasts and just interview not interviews but um like news stories about how the divorce rate just went up like skyrocketed how people were just really? getting divorced left to right because they were you know they had to stay at home. And I think the topic, yeah, and the topic was that, you know, Spend people, more time together. you know, most working class people work a nine to five. Um, they, they, they see each other in the morning, kiss, kiss, goodbye. They see each other on the weekends, but during the week, they spend the majority of the time away from each other. So, you know, having to be with that person wow. all day, you know, you tend to see the good and the bad, especially with. It, mm-hmm. um, especially depending on what type of um, housing situation you're in, whether you're in a house or whether you're in an apartment, right? You know, studio, studio right? So people, studio. So they said that uh, divorce divorce rates were really high, and I heard so many people saying things like, um, "You know, you probably never really." knew that person or like these are couples that probably didn't really know each other because uh how much they worked and um all this other things like that and this whole situation kind of brought out um really getting to know your partner or your your significant other so you probably really didn't know them or you maybe the love wasn't really there but honestly i feel like this COVID situation you know really brought out you know, uh, people's true colors, true feelings, not just towards each other, but just in their relationship. Um, And what I mean by that, um, I know it probably didn't make sense, but Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is when you have to go out and buy things, um, you know, I see people all the time where they walk hand in hand with each other, like couples, they walk hand in hand with each other, but only one of them is wearing a mask, right? Oh my God. So what I think happened is that they probably saw that their significant other may have not been taking it as serious as they was taking it, right? And I'm not saying all relationships, you know, ended like this, but, you know, I think some of those relationships were like, you know, I got to leave you to save me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to die <laughs> with you, bitch. Yeah. Like, I could get me another one. <laughs> so I think for, because when yeah. I see couples 
and only one of them have protective gear on, I'm like, you really not saving yourself, mama. Because uh, Mr. Craig Mack that's holding your hand, he can contact it and give it to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that mask yeah. is for no reason. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. 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 But there's so many different attitudes when it comes to COVID. Like, there's some people that take it seriously. Some people that take it too, too yeah. seriously. There's some people that don't even take it seriously at all. Or it's 5G. It 5G towers. You know, so <laughs> I, I see what you mean by... Yeah, um, I see what you mean by like it being um, bringing out a lot of uh, different thoughts and just like a new person pretty much from a, a relationship because, you know, it's something that we've never heard of before, ever, never even imagined. Yeah, that, so. didn't even think didn't something like this could happen, go. really just thought it was just a Hollywood movie, you know, didn't think it will ever come to light. Yeah. Um, I know you were talking about your relationship and right. your long distance relationship and kind of how that kind of affected guys. Like, do you think, do you think the whole COVID situation brought you guys closer together? Yeah, I think, I think we're getting to a much better place than we used to be because there was like I said, communication was a big thing that we kind of weren't mm -hmm. very good of, at before. Um, when it came to communication, we were like, oh, let's just talk yeah. about it when we're together yeah. again. Before. But it's like now we couldn't do that because we, we, we really aren't seeing each other. And so now it's like we're finding the time and we're trying to be more um, effective with our communication style. So it's been a lot of reflection on how how we would used to do our things and how we're trying to change. So, yeah, I think, I think in a way it was like a little blessing in disguise, you know, I think, I think it's great that these things are coming out mm -hmm. now and maybe a lot of people feel the same way, you know, that, you know, living under these like strict um, living situations or, um, you know, just these unprecedented times, they probably brought a lot of, um, great parts of their relationship or maybe there were you know partners who could deal with it so much better than the mm -hmm. other person and it was like just yeah. a really good support system most definitely like I too you know? am in a relationship and I want to say this COVID-19 situation really 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 tested um just you know my relationship right in terms of you know, mm -hmm. you know, long distance and, um, you know, not necessarily always being around each other. And then when we did come around each other, it was like, you know, did you wash your hands? Did you like, it's almost like you didn't even want that person around. Right. But, you know, not everything closed, mm -hmm. right? Some people still had to go to work during the pandemic. And um, it really allowed me to learn how to communicate because um, I'm a barker. And what that means is, mm -hmm. you know, I bark on you off the rip, you know, and then I kind of yeah. do my best to like go back, reflect, um, and, you know, come back and apologize where I need to apologize. But 
the thing is being a barker is that you can only bark at people so often before they're like, I'm done. I can't deal with it anymore. Like you're emotionally hurting me. You're emotionally draining me. Like I can't even have a conversation. So um, I had to learn how to communicate. Yeah. Had to learn how to communicate without barking first. Yeah. You know, so that really, this mm-hmm. COVID situation has really helped me with that. Really helped me with that. You think you're and I think I'm getting place, there. You know, I still um, have moments, right? Like, you know, I've been like this my yeah. whole life. So, you yeah. know, I'm not saying that the COVID-19 completely changed mm-hmm. me, but it most definitely helps me to think about the things um, that I'm going to say before I say them because, you know, words have meaning and, you know, right. they do hurt people. So, you know, just being more cautious of, you know, how I speak, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, thinking about other people's feelings and just being mindful of that. Yeah. 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 That's, Thank you. That's a I'm very grown up thing for you to growing, say. Growing, maturing. Yeah. I think that it's also, you know, the just like isolation part, it causes so much reflection up here, you know, in our in our heads. And, you know, that's good that I think we're both yeah. kind of dealing yeah, with this definitely. in a more positive way than other people. Let's talk about something juicy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Past relationships. Like what? Is that disgusting? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. disgusting. I actually love <laughs> nice little about visit. Nice little uh, visit. You know, just pop up there every once in a while. Hey, bitch. Hey. Yeah. I think. Yeah. How has your past relationships yeah. helped you with your current? They didn't. Damn. They didn't help me. If anything, they hurt me. I feel like. Yeah. No. I feel. I feel like um, my past relationships. We're all part of, probably the same. It was unrequited love. There was a lot of lying. There was a lot of um, self-centeredness mm-hmm. going on, not on my part. Um, and unfortunately, I would be the kind of person to, right. you know, think that things were okay when really they weren't. Or just believe things, be very naive. And that caused so much, um, for me personally, it caused a lot of, like, putting a lot of walls up, a lot of emotional shit going on, you know? I think it, it caused a lot of, I don't want to say trauma, but it for sure made me more scared about, you know, being in love again or potentially finding someone um, so I don't think they helped me at all. I think maybe the most that they've helped me is after the relationship, like feeling confident in myself, feeling strong, because it was always a really bad, you know, it was like a rolling down a hill and then you just stand up yeah. and you're like, I need to fight for this. I need to fight for myself. And so um, I think I went through that two times and then within myself, I just felt so much better like I was a completely different person um and I think that really did help my 
confidence a lot. Um, and then mm-hmm. when I was in this the relationship that I'm in now, there was a lot of um, difficulties in the beginning of me just having to open up. Because I was like, I really love him, mm-hmm. but how can I love him if I'm not going to open up? <laughs> just trusting the other person. I didn't trust anybody before. Um, and so... It was it was like a lot of feeling stable between um, having confidence and feeling um, trust in the relationship. Um, but yeah, long story short, it helped me. Right. For me, like I right. found love for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about she you? Said, she any, said. Any I think uh, for me, you know. Um, relationships growing up in a Caribbean household, uh, you know, having a boyfriend or, or a girlfriend, a partner, whatever, um, while I was younger was like, no, right? Like, it was like a huge no. And right. so, you know, I didn't have meaningful relationships right because how meaningful can it be when y'all only see each other in school mm-hmm. um True. and True. uh you know uh coming up in a time where a lot of things wasn't accepted um especially living like i said living in a caribbean household you know not accepting, you know, the LGBT community or anything like that, that I may have had um, interest in growing up, you know, so you suppress a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, this community, right? So you're left with the task of going through your teenage dating years at a later time in your life when you're more comfortable being you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there were relationships, you know, deep friendships, um, but nothing that prepared me for what I am or the situation that I'm in now. And so I find myself mm-hmm. going through things that I probably should have experienced younger or things that my peers experienced when they were younger experiencing now. And it's so much harder yeah. to say, mm-hmm. man, fuck that shit. I'm gone. Goodbye. I'm going to do my thing. Goodbye. Fuck that. You know, um, like I said, it's so much harder to to do it now because and it, it it's a good and a bad, right? Because back then, you know, growing up when you're younger and you're in a relationship, breaking up is hella easy. Now, when you're kind of older and you you right. reach a point in your life or you're at a stage in your life where they're saying that you know you're supposed to be in a relationship and the person that you're in a relationship now, you know, you're supposed to be grown old with and all that other stuff like that. Um, it, it allows us to talk more now, right? And realize those those um yeah those those barriers, those issues that arise in your relationship and learn how to mm-hmm. to 
to to talk you through why they're there because you didn't experience in it. You didn't experience it then. So you have right. to go through mm-hmm. all that now. So growing up, I think, mm-hmm. like you said, relationships mm-hmm. in the past didn't really do much for me now. Um, but they did teach me what I was looking for, like what what I should be looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Like I knew, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to date somebody mm-hmm. that either matched my demographic or understood my struggle being an African-American woman, uh, or Afro-Caribbean woman or a black woman, or yeah. an Af- you know, who understood that. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and also someone who appreciated and loved me for me and who didn't try to change anything that I didn't want to change. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, of course yeah. you go through a whole bunch of that, you know, when you're a kid or when you're know, preteen, when your boyfriend or your girlfriend is like, Oh, I kind of want you to look like this. And it's like, bitch, I'm not queen Latifah. Like you want me? You got me out here trying to. Do I look like you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of yeah. like um, it taught me. It taught. It did teach me what to look for now. You know what I mean? Like in terms of you know, I don't want anybody talking down on me. I don't want anybody yeah. to change who I am. And like I said, I want people to match my demographic or under or be willing to learn more about it. You know. So most definitely, that. Yeah, very, mm-hmm. very. Mm-hmm so important yeah 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 so interesting um hearing you talk about um like your past and what you just mentioned about um your upbringing because um in one way or another I relate to it as well I feel like um I didn't like in my household and in my um Um, with my family I wasn't allowed to date I wasn't allowed to talk about boyfriends but of course I did sneak around and had people that I talked to I had one or two relationships Mm -hmm. but you know you're young and you don't know things and you know kind of like you're describing like I was basically going in it blindly like I didn't know what a relationship was about I expected things, right? you know, and so I think, like, you kind of teach yourself. If you didn't see have that model growing up, um, you're kind of just teaching yourself. You're right. living off of maybe, like, an illusion. And, um, yeah, it's just really staying with me what you were saying about. Yeah, and um, it's kind of hard for me now to call what I have, upbringing. you know, a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you really want to call it a situationship or we're still getting to know each other. We're still filling each other out type of thing. So even, you know, growing up in that type of household mm-hmm. still affects me until this day. Right. Because it's it you get you're very hesitant to call, you know, you're very hesitant to say that you're in a relationship. Because it's like, damn, what is what is even, mm. you know what I mean? Like, what is even a relationship? Like what, like you're still, like I said, you're still trying to just figure those things out. Yeah. As young, as young adults. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- yeah, I, I see what you're yeah. saying. I think one one thing that that I probably have a, a, a question for is, you know, what does your family um, feel about your relationship then and now? I think that um, because we started as a long distance relationship and we were in that situation for about two years. So they would try to talk me out of that relationship for a long time. (laughs) They would say that, you know, like, realistically, how is this going to work? You're either going to move there. He's going to have to move here. Um, And, you know, like, ask me so much about it, trying to put my relationship down, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not respecting it. Um, They acknowledged him, of course, but not to the level that I wanted. But I mean... You know, at that point, I was like, I kind of believed it. I was like, well, they're right. Like, if nothing's going to happen on his side, I know for sure I'm not moving wherever he's at, you know. But then he surprised me and he started looking at stuff here and he moved here, you know. And I think that really helped us um, just build a stronger relationship. And that Mm -hmm. also helped um, my family see that. Um, And of course, like... They they had already met him, but um, this was in a much more deeper level because they would see him on a weekly basis. They would see him in different settings. Um, and I think that really helped. Well, obviously it helped, um, you know, getting to interact with my dad, getting to interact with my sisters, with my mom, with me, with everybody. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I was blessed with that. And um, it it really helped. And I think my family has a much different view than what they used to have before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it always is. In the beginning, it was a little hard. When I started talking to my boyfriend, um, uh, it was just, it was like, wow, you're here. You exist. You know, then when I met my wife, yeah, I, (laughs) (laughs) and so now it's all three of us and we'll be on the sister wives. (laughs) Yeah. Black couple. (laughs) (laughs) But no, when I met, when I met my companion, (laughs) um, you know, I don't think I was in a rush to meet their family. I don't think they were in a rush to meet mine. Um, And, you know, the, that feeling still stands, you know, because it's like when you meet someone's family, mm-hmm. it's official. Um, and it's, it's, right. it's, it's setting, it's set in stone almost. Right. Because it's kind of hard to break mm-hmm. up with somebody that your family loves. Right. Now when you bring around the new person, they're like, damn, mm-hmm. I mean, they cool, but they wasn't, they not like Craig. We really miss Craig. How Craig doing? It's just like, Craig is not in my life anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob is here. Accept him. Yeah. (laughs) But so I feel like when you entered, like when we start bringing in like family and stuff like that, like it has to be something really serious. You know what I mean? It has to be no games, Mm -hmm. no playing, 
but yeah right yeah different level of commitment it's a, it's a different level it's yeah it's most a, a different level, level of commitment higher right it's like uh, mm-hmm. it's like damn like we're really doing this we're mm-hmm. really doing this just like you know take your time before you right. get there there's no rush there's no fine um Mm-hmm. You know, people, yeah, people out here, yeah. every, people out here Just being baby out, mamas you know. left and right. It's okay for you to join a club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay for you to join a club. <laughs> but I guess, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that is um, you know, it's it's such a different it's such a different level to to meet someone's family and then yeah. you see different aspects of them that you probably never thought were there. You know, like you see how they interact with other people that are closer to them and that know him or her or them in a much deeper level. And so you see you're like, Oh, maybe I like that, maybe I don't, you know, things that kind of bring up and then you you see maybe the opposite of that. You probably see how they interact with them. And then you're yeah. like, hmm, I don't know if I want to be around that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that that can also bring, you know, you and the other person together too is, you know, you notice things, you notice patterns, you notice toxic behavior, you notice good behavior and it can help you um, support the other person because, you know, there's a lot of um, people that aren't, you know, very good with their family system and, you know, meeting the other person doesn't really mean much. So it, it's, it's a very big part, I think, because I know that when it came to me meeting, um, when it came to you mean, um, your boyfriend's family? Yeah, when I met my boyfriend's family, it was just a, on a different level. Like, I think I saw um, I saw him in a different light. Right. That I, I was not did you expecting. Did you see him more as, like, a, a loving person? Uh, like, a... Yeah, I think I did see him as a more loving person. I think it was... Um, um, I just saw how great of a relationship um, he had with his siblings. And I was like, dang, I wish I had that, you know? And then I saw how he, him and his mom had a really good relationship. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, um, just goes to show that, you know, he, he told me he like had a good relationship with his mom, but I was like, Oh, it's like a very good relationship with his mom, you know? And so I thought that that was very, right. He has support, you know, it's not just me. Which it makes and me happy to see. say, like, yo, um, like your boyfriend yeah. have a good relationship with their moms, um, or if your boyfriend has a good relationship with their family, you know, that kind of shows how they'll have a relationship with you, or how they'll have a relationship with, um, uh, like the kids, if they'll be a family type of person, uh, type, type thing, yeah, and. Yeah, and I think, like, even um, it doesn't really work for my example, but I think it's good to just name it. You know, if you do see something that you're like, I don't know if I like that, it just gives you um, 
time to talk about it, you know, like prepare for the future, prepare for the now, you know, what's coming up. What don't you like? Mm-hmm. What do you feel iffy about? Um, That's an example because like when you're in a relationship, you see that they're mistreating their family members or if their family members is mistreating them. Right. It's like, you know what to expect oh, yeah. later on that they're probably not going to be shit towards your kids. They're probably right. not going to be shit towards you. They're probably going to like, especially if like you're in a relationship and like, say if mm-hmm. um, like your boyfriend or your girlfriend, their parent tells them how fat they are, how ugly they are or do shit. And they're always talking down on them. Right. One, that person could come back and do the same thing with your kids or kids, or to you. Um, or to you then the the grandparent can do the same thing to mm-hmm. you and the child so the child is getting it right. from mom is getting it from dad and grandma and grandpa right. from dad's side you know what i mean and it's like you have to be very mindful mm-hmm. of how people are with their fa- families they ain't shit with their families they ain't shit yeah. with you yeah but also there is a but Sometimes, me personally, I see this all the time, they do too much for their family and they forget that they're in a relationship with you. What do you think mm. in situations like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so hard. I think, um, I think I've seen that in the past with a friend and I think it's so difficult to say because it's easy to judge and you know, give my take on it when I don't really know what's going on or maybe there's, like, a deeper issue that I don't know of. Um, I think that's so difficult because as the other person in the relationship, you can let them know, like, hey, um, I want to feel heard. I don't feel heard. I don't feel, like, a priority right now. This made me feel X type of way. Um, But it's really hard for someone to let go of that behavior because, you know, family has a really deep like grip on someone sometimes you know and it's really really hard I think when it comes to those kind of situations it's just best to talk about it you know find an appropriate time um make sure that the other person's okay with you know spilling the beans with you or you spilling your beans with them yeah and just letting it all out there because it's good to be open-minded when it comes to these kind of things and you know, understand that you, of course, your needs in a relationship are important. um, And the other person needs to see that in order to be open minded and not critical. Um, But it's, it's, it's good to sometimes just air it out, you know, find the time that's appropriate, air it out and let them know how it makes you feel. Because um, obviously, the other person doesn't do it in a harmful way they don't do well they don't do it in, uh, with harmful intentions if they love you and if the love is there right it's just maybe hard for them to see I it think, you know honestly mm-hmm. depending on where you are in your relationship if you guys are starting to talk about marriage you guys are starting to talk about um moving forth with you know having kids buying a house I think it comes time to, if you have the type of family that's very overbearing, very in your life, very, you know, opinionated and, you know, um, basically uses you as a, a crutch for them. 
I think it, need, it, it will come a time where you have to choose your family or your significant other. And honestly, depending on your relationship and how things are, um, that decision could be really difficult. You know what I mean? So how do you feel about that decision or like, you know, eventually having to make that decision? Cause you're, you're in that, you're, you're in that realm. Mm 